0: What's up, everybody? Chase here, and you're listening to episode six of the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. This episode, my special guest is Mr. Luke Zito, a friend of mine from high school days back at Bethany Christian School in Baker. But as of late, Luke is now married, has moved off to live in San Fran, that's the official term if you're outside of San Francisco, apparently. That's what I learned on this episode. He worked at Uber for a few years. His wife worked at works at Twitter, very cool, uh, in the tech world, and he's recently quit his job at Uber and gone back to school. So as you can imagine, I was super curious to talk with him about not only living in a city that you did not grow up in, but working in tech world and creating things with your hands, which he does a lot of, knives and wood things and beds and closets and welding things in his one car garage in the middle of san francisco so i think you're going to enjoy this episode i really had a great time chatting with him and uh, hearing his perspective on a number of different things thanks again for tuning into this episode and without further ado mr luke zito oh so we're live dude welcome all right sweet stoked to be here welcome to the studio the extremely legit studio (laughs) all right so you're wearing the san francisco hat oh yeah man is this like uh did you become a san francisco giants fan when you moved or have you always been uh i am
1: a san francisco fan okay yeah all right and i i wish that there was there was a hat that i could wear something that because i'm I'm mean, not sure the hat looks fine, but I wear it so I don't have to fix my hair. Like okay. that's it. Like every day. And when I was working, I'm at school now. and I, I went during finals week. We have to give presentations and dress up kind of nice, whatever you know. So I I didn't wear a hat, and everyone was like, "Wow, I've never seen you without a hat!" Like I so all semester I wore a hat, but I wish it was something that I could do that just represented San Francisco. But I mean,
0: I think that does. Yeah.
1: Without, like without the, the baseball. Yeah,
0: game? yeah. But it's fine. But I, people wear like the LA Dodgers hats. Like yeah. every and New York Yankees, mm-hmm. I think it, it carries for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I used to have a Yankees hat, I thought it looked cool too, but then I would get yelled at all the time in San Francisco <laughs> for wearing the Yankees hat. So, yeah, I got rid of that, but yeah, I, I wear a hat pretty much. So, how many games have you been to? Um, probably like 10 or so, maybe oh, okay. in the last five years. Going to games is awesome. The stadium, I've been to 1, it's
0: legit. You've had uh, at Giants Stadium, the one weekend that we were coming to hang out with y'all, and y'all oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. we went to a baseball game that weekend and it, we got the upper deck tickets so you could see out into the bay and yes stuff. it dude. was awesome yeah man it's great
1: the view is amazing they have like legit chinese food like all these different cuisine vegan food of course you know like all this stuff which is super super cool, um, cool. but yeah it's fun the, going to the games is, is a ton of fun um i appreciate baseball just don't I've tried to follow it. You know, growing up here, football is so huge. Like, dude, right. there were so many times I would be at parties or something, and all the guys are hanging out, and I'm like, I can't contribute at all to this conversation. <laughs> and so I've like, tried a bunch of times to like get into football. Yeah. Um, and I just never could. And baseball, I think I enjoy more. But they play so many games. I just yeah. can't keep up with it. You know? That's insane.
0: I didn't know that many. Years. <laughs> yeah, 162 years. That's what one of my dreams is to—actually, one of me and my dad's dreams is to, in one season, see a baseball game in every stadium. So, what? like, see the home team play in their stadium once in a season. Uh, maybe we'll do that at some point. Hopefully. I don't know. It, take, it will take a lot of money and time to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I need those two things before we can, but— yeah, dude. That's another thing that's pretty cool is like day of games. You can
1: get, even at Giant Stadium, you can get tickets for like 10 bucks. You mm-hmm. know, like they're not going to be the best seats, obviously, but I feel like if you do it right, but you wouldn't be able to plan a, a cross country, like around the country
0: trip doing it that way, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You may be able maybe, to, though. Like, maybe. There's 30. Well, now now I'm going to blast. I think there's 32. 30 or 32 teams. So that'd be like, you could do it technically, I guess, in a month. If you plan it perfectly and drive a lot, that would be really intense. That would be a a very intense month. Yeah. You'd need like a month off after
1: that to just rest before you go back to work or whatever. For sure.
0: Football would be much more attainable, I think. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, it wouldn't be because there's 30 teams and they play only 18 games a year. So that would be impossible, I think. Of course, they play Thursday through Monday. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you yeah. could yeah. do it. Maybe that's something to look at. Someone cool. out there will Google it and figure it out. Yeah, dude, you got to math that up later. Message me on Instagram if you know the answer. <laughs> By the way, what's your Instagram handle? Luke Zito. At Luke Zito.
1: Easy peasy. Yeah. Spelled
0: Z I T O. That's right. Yep. So um, you live in San Francisco, but you're from Baton Rouge. Yep. I, I do like an intro thing. Cool, man. Cool. You may or may not have heard. Uh, I've heard. So like, people will know Luke Zito. But so you live in San Francisco. So I want to talk a lot about San Francisco. All right. And first question is, why did you move there? Uh, so my wife interned there in
1: 2011, and I had only heard of San Francisco like the word, but I knew nothing about it. And she interned there, and I, I probably that summer interned it was, with um, A company called ModCloth. It's a an apparel company. Walmart bought them recently, which is like very strange brand thing. Like it's very different than what they were whenever she was working there, but um she majored in apparel buying um so she interned there for the summer um and i probably spent two or three weeks there oh you know went helped her move and then helped her like pack up and move back here um and we just both could not believe how amazing it was like first day in san francisco it was a june or july or something here record high day in louisiana Um, land in San Francisco and I had to go straight and buy a hoodie because it was chilly and I was like, wow, dude, after that I was like, I will live here one day. I will (laughs) live here one day. And then it just, so many other things from public transportation to she, yeah, she was vegan at the time and so that was another huge thing for her. You know, this was almost 10 years ago now so I I think it seems like there are some more options in places here um, in Baton Rouge with that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff but there was like nothing like people were like well, what are you talking about yeah, whenever we would ask vegan. for vegan options on the right re- you know on a menu or whatever yeah. um so that and just kind of how open-minded and progressive everyone was just as a whole we fell in love with it so she did that between her junior and senior year of college we came back and man since then Or, like, from that moment on, I was like, I just, I was like hurting to move there. Like, I would like see a city of the Golden Gate and, or a picture of the Golden Gate and just get sad. Like, God, man, I want to go there so bad. (laughs) And she, we're both super close with our families and our entire families both live in Baton Rouge Mm. or Central, really. But, um, she was, she liked it, but was more, I think, concerned about leaving her family or whatever. And, um, then after a couple years or something like that, she had another job after she graduated. She got an offer, and I was like, "Absolutely take it," you know. So, so we did the long distance thing for like a little over a year. Okay, so she moved
0: first. W- yeah. What year was
1: this? This was 2013. Like, okay.
0: So she got gra- she graduated from LSU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In 2013, got a job. She went, and then did you you went to LSU too, right? Yeah, okay. I went
1: to LSU. I did like uh, my first year at BRCC. Okay. This is when I thought I wanted to go to medical school.
0: Uh, so I, I, was, I was there for like the first medical class of oh, college. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, nope, not going to medical school. Dude, I <laughs> wish I would have made that decision that quick uh, as you did. <laughs> but
1: yeah, man, I really, you know, I was wanting to do that. So I did. I don't even know when I changed my major. But anyway, this is when I was wanting to do all that. But yeah, um, yeah I ended up graduating at LSU. The same in, year? No. I So she's a year older than me. Okay. And she finished in four years. My undergrad took me five and a half years. Okay. To, not to terrible. Do. Not terrible, but... Compared to some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> um, I ended up finishing in human resources. Gotcha. Very random. But um, well, yeah, then when I graduated, I was working at Apple retail at the time at mm-hmm. the Genius Bar. And so it was super easy to go out there. I, I went and visited, had an easy like test day, and then they just like let me transfer out there, which was super awesome. Um, and then
0: I went out there, worked for Apple for a bit. Okay. Then I went to Uber. So okay, so y'all, when did y'all get married? Uh, October two thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, mm-hmm. so you moved out there before y'all got married?
1: No, I I'd I I'd went like would visit her, you know, a few times that year that we were apart, and then I, um, yeah, that's when I did like my testing and just on one of the visits. But I didn't move out there until until uh, after after our honeymoon. Okay, cool. And she were and she was working at Twitter then. So no, so she actually like maybe a month or so before our wedding got laid off from my cloth. They did like a, they had so many. And was, I told you their, their brand is really different. Like yeah. change, like they went through so like several huge layoffs, but this one,
0: startup life, I guess. Yeah,
1: man, yeah. definitely. This one, they laid off like 40% of the people. They actually wow. moved her department to LA and they were like, if you want to keep your job, you can, but we're not going to have pay for you to move or anything like that. So she was like, Dang. I'll take severance. And, um, and so she, Came back, it, it ended up just like most things working out just fine, you know. It, it enabled her to come back and prep for the wedding for longer than she expected, and it was less time for long distance for us. And Okay, oh, um, so she
0: moved back here for up, leading yeah, it. okay, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, she
1: kept the apartment and everything, but ended up coming back. I think she was planning on taking uh, maybe like three weeks off or something like that. Um, but she ended up maybe coming back like a month before the wedding or something. Nice. Um, and then that was, so let's see, we got married in October. She probably got laid off like July or August or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't start at Twitter till January. Okay. So yeah, so we had a couple months of living on retail salary with one right. person, you know,
0: I mean, her severance was like a month or something like that, you yeah. know? So, um, so that was, a. And you're living in San Francisco. Yeah, on yeah. one retail salary. Yeah, for like three months, two yeah, months. Yeah,
1: man, it was uh, it was an interesting time for sure, you know. But yeah. it's I think it was great to go through and having peanut butter sandwiches and whatnot, you oh, know, yeah. the the kind of stereotypical stuff. But how much was your rent? Um, and, and how big was your apartment? So our apartment was like the size of uh of carl's silverado probably about you know (laughs) so like slightly smaller than this room we're in (laughs) yeah yeah basically um and our rent when we moved there was 1700 i think (laughs) maybe 1800 or something like that it was a studio apartment it was actually pretty good size for a studio apartment but like we couldn't fit a full-size air mattress on the ground if we're like if somebody was going to come visit because there was not enough room like on outside of our bed you know so wow. like people just couldn't stay with us until like a year or so uh, yeah about a year after we lived there uh, our closet was uh, just about the size of a full size bed so i built a bed frame that fit in our closet and there was a little window in there and everything so Dang. then it turned into like a micro one bedroom
0: uh, which it would like change <laughs> that our you life. rented out to someone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should have, uh, that like changed our life. And, uh, then we could like have people over and they didn't have to sit on our bed and eat, you know, like it right. was, it was really great. But yeah, like, when, when we left there, I think our rent was about 1800
0: or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So the okay, so I'm we're going through all like this timeline stuff Mm because I mean I've been keeping up with you through social media for a few years, but I I don't I don't know all the exact time. So you you're working at Apple, and then how did she get the job at Twitter in January? Um,
1: man, she was interviewing at so many places. That's the thing about San Francisco is there's so much opportunity out there, and any any company that's especially like remotely related to tech, they either are headquartered there or have an Mm -hmm. office there but there's also so many brilliant people looking mm-hmm. for jobs out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went out there and I, dude, even at Apple, the same exact job that I was doing here, when I got there, it was like five times harder and uh, really? the customers were way more intense and they were, right. Hey, I need to fix my laptop right now because I just got $3 million for funded for my startup wow. and I'm freaking out, you know, like, yeah. and so it's just a whole totally different scene. Um, did you
0: get paid more out there?
1: Yeah, I got. Yeah, I actually got. I ended up getting paid like six, seven bucks more an hour, and it was still nowhere near enough. You know. Yeah, yeah. um, But but she just got that job doing a ton of interviews, and it was a sales job. It was like an entry level sales job, not related to her um, her degree or her experience or whatever. But um, she's still doing sales at Twitter. Same thing, obviously in a very different Mm -hmm. capacity, but um she's great at presenting and speaking and stuff and that was a big part of the of the interview that i remember she just crushed it and was super impressed them or whatever and nice ended up getting that job and it like a lot of jobs out there also you start out as a contractor so mm. i think companies are a little bit more it's okay if you don't have the perfect experience because you know like if it doesn't work out we can easily get rid of you or right. whatever you know so she did that she was a contractor for like Three weeks or something. They were like, "Yeah, get, get, make her full get time." In here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. and so, and then she just moved up a ton and, cool. and stuff since then. But
0: so, when did you start at Uber? Um, and I, how did you get the job at Uber? Yeah, so I started there
1: um, in 2015, about like right under a year after we moved out there. Okay. Um, it was in. Re, it was a recruiting coordinator position, so super entry level recruiting position. Um, just like.
0: Yeah, Other, like drivers. Um, or... No,
1: so um, engineers, basically. At, oh, at okay. first, when for I started, employees. yeah, Got yeah, it. for employees at HQ, um, I was supporting the recruiters that were that were hiring engineers and data scientists and all that stuff, and I was terrible at that job, dude. <laughs> it was so it's like a coordinator position. It's all just scheduling. I was like forty five minutes late for the interview. Wow. Yeah, man. I was nice. <laughs> I, I had a buddy. I had a buddy from Apple in Louisiana. He was visiting there. He was there for work. I just misread the email, and I saw the end time of the interview and thought that was the (laughs) beginning time. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm having a beer at a bar with my buddy. Wow! I didn't have a car at the time, and they uh, they called me a person named Jasmine who ended up we ended up being like best friends. There we were like changed teams together kind of a bunch of times. She calls me and is like, "Uh, "Hey, you uh, still coming to the interview?" (laughs) I was like, "I got it sassy with her." I was like, "Uh, "It starts at I don't know three forty-five or whatever." She's like. Nope. That's when it ends. Uh, I was like, Oh man, should I even still come? You know, she was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. she was great. And like super chill. And I told my buddy, I was like, you got to drive me to the interview. So he drove me home. I showered real quick and then he drove me to the interview Dang. and, uh, I just got super lucky hitting it off with like everybody that was there. I ended up being like great friends with after, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like vibing with the people really well. And Yeah, they still hired me for a scheduling position, even though I was late. uh, For they couldn't freaking reschedule. Yeah, dude, (laughs) that's Um, hilarious. And it was like I said, I was terrible at that job. It was a really—I did that job for a little over a year, Mm -hmm. um, and it was—it was a super hard year. Um, Just sucking at your job all day, every day. I was working maybe 75 hours a week. Wow. Just to. And like every time I would have a meeting with my manager, I was like, "I'm probably gonna be fired today." Like it, like just Dang. to keep up, you know. Yeah. And and then I ended up, I didn't think I wanted to be a recruiter. It like turned me off from recruiting, kind of, because a lot of the people, a lot of the recruiters were terrible to deal with and whatever. And then I just, my manager had a position open, and like she, they were like, "Do you want to do this?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." I hate the job, man. I, I I'll chat with her, and she she and I also super hit it off and I loved that job for that's what I did for the last 3 years that I was there okay and I loved it for the first like 2 years or so and then stopped loving it and um and that's what led me to quitting and going back to school but
0: so uh, so what's it like so I'm super interested in the you know we live in Baton Rouge and San Francisco is like this almost like this fantasy land out there. By the <laughs> way, feel free to like cut, stop. I'm Nick, you're talking primarily in this episode, but we do have our Cokes, Coca Cola's here that mm-hmm. we need to partake in. So feel free to uh, let me talk or say that I need to talk so you can do that. Cool, cool. Thank uh, anyways, but so like we live in Baton Rouge, San Francisco is this fantasy land, you know, it's like tech world and yeah. whatever. And then you, we have all these, uh, whenever I think about working at somewhere like Twitter or Uber, it's just mm-hmm. like, foreign completely yeah. foreign so what's the walk me through as much as you remember the first day you walked in at uber like hired on you're yeah. walking in you don't know what it's going to look like what mm. happens whenever you get there so uber has i mean even now
1: they're building a a big office that's going to like share location with the oracle arena or like the the warrior stadium basically mm-hmm. um wow. but right now they're just spread all over the city there are so many employees, they grew so fast. So the office I was working in was not the cool HQ. It was like mm. a nice place, but it wasn't anything super special. But okay. I walked in, I was a little bit early. My first manager- Hey, that's an improvement. Yay, hey, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was figured I had to do something to make up for it. So my first manager was- um, super awkward and she like reacted to me being early. She was very unclear about what time I should be there mm. and she was like, uh, oh, you're here and I was like, you don't seem stoked about this, you know, and <laughs> I just walked in. It was kind of weird, weird vibes at first, honestly but then they paired me with the person I was going to be training with and, um, and it, dude, it was like learning everything in that job is all Google calendar. And so like, I have heard of that, but I had never like really used that before. So I was learning all of that and just like taking as many notes as I could whatever, but the office is like pretty cool, you know, but then um, free lunch and stuff, free breakfast. And so the, it's a, like a cold breakfast or like toast and stuff like that. So I think I went and like made a breakfast and then just started learning and training whatever and then we had lunch which is twitter's launch especially back then was nuts like nuts some of the best in the city i think google's is probably better there are a lot that are better now but like my apologies all right siri siri what's up siri what up girl (laughs) she apple
0: does not like that you're talking good about google (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah um they oh but their launch is not so i was like as bratty as it sounds, or the first world problem, I was like, okay, this is cool, you know. But it wasn't <laughs> like, it was a free lunch that tasted good, it was yeah. like pretty healthy, whatever. You're hearing like, about the Twitter lunches from
0: your wife. So. Yeah, but I
1: had a ton of those, and um, they, so it was, you know, pretty, like pretty standard stuff. But then, yeah, so that's that's first day is that, and just like super intense learning. I was like, Man, I don't think that I'm doing the right job. Like, but I was like feeling a little overwhelmed, but also very excited.
0: Too. So what's the so your job? The first job that you were doing there for like a year mm-hmm. was the recruiting and stuff. So you're recruiting, or you were helping recruit employees to the company. Mm-hmm. And then like, what is the like what do you what all are you doing day to day to help do that scheduling? That's all I was scheduling doing that. like I- like interviews, interviews yeah on site okay. interviews yeah. So, so they had like thousands of people interviewing every day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. wow,
1: like. So many, and especially at that time when I started at Uber, there were maybe like three thousand employees or so. Okay, and within that first year, we were at like eleven thousand or something like wow. that. Maybe a year and a half. I don't remember the exact timelines, but two thousand fifteen. Yeah, okay. but what I do remember for sure when I left four years later, well over twenty thousand.
0: That's nuts. Yeah,
1: man. So dang, all those people got to interview. You right, know, right. and and so so yeah.
0: So the um the the department that you were in was every single employee that came to uber went through that department yeah no matter the position they just
1: yeah pretty much um yeah and that is like we that whole thing was broken up there's like tech and i was in the tech group but whenever i started being a recruiter a full cycle recruiter i did that in operation so then i was hiring um customer support people basically okay. and then so you were like su- conducting
0: interviews and stuff
1: yeah mm-hmm. nice yeah okay. but in the first job I wasn't the right, first job right. I was barely talk to people it was just so not me man you right, know like right. just barely talking to people and just being super proficient and organized and I mean I told y'all before we got started like I have no concept of time and <laughs> that includes schedules and planning and yeah. stuff like I just like
0: to do stuff when it happens and whatever you know like just not the right job well you were 20 minutes late to this interview no I'm hey just there saying. we go <laughs> <And just like, laughs> you were early uh for the record um nice. so you had okay so I just can't imagine like how do you how is one job just scheduling interviews that's crazy to me it's that's like crazy of, man and there are
1: there are probably I mean 30 30 coordinators at Uber in the U.S., and we were just scheduling U.S. interviews, and that's not even counting the rest of Uber, India, Asia, you know, like at the time they had all that, but like, so, yeah, it was 30 people's job scheduling interviews, and it's really just, so, you know, engineers are who interview the engineers, you know, and so they are super busy, and so you got to just make all their schedules line up, mm-hmm. and it was like, the at first when I got there, I was like, there's got to be some kind of, like, way I can automate this. I can just, like, plug in their schedule, and do." And there wasn't. There is now, like, they built an in-house tool that kind of automates right. it, but right. you still have coordinators, like, people don't want to interview, you know, so there are, there are coordinators that got to work with those people and get them to convince them to interview and stuff like that, but that's, yeah. that's what a lot of it was, and that's one of the things that I... I learned, and I think I was able to, like, rely on my strengths of relationship building and, you know, Mm -hmm. building relationships with the teams. You know, we would each have maybe five teams or so that we would work with and schedule interviews for, and so people don't I mean, there's software engineers, and sometimes they're super awesome, chill, like, not the stereotypical thing you see on Silicon Valley or whatever. But a lot of them are that, you know, a lot of them don't like talking to people. They don't like interviewing people. They have this job that's super stressful and they don't get like bonus credits or anything for interviewing or any extra pay, or maybe it'll be brought into like their evaluation. But essentially they're like not really incentivized to do it. Mm. So is, like I said, working, like relying on those relationships and just working with people, negotiating, like doing all this stuff to get people to do something they don't want to do, but Mm. they got to do to help their team out was what I super what I enjoyed about that job. And I was well, that and the team. I love the people that I worked with, man. I mean, I there were a lot of people that came and went, but it was a group of like five or six of us that said we could I I would absolutely love to be roommates with these people and and work with them and then go home and like all cook dinner together and then like you know, right. it was just a a saving grace, man, to have those people there. At when I was working this job that I super sucked at and hated and was miserable. And that was one thing that kept me there and kept me sane, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: So you, so the first interview that you conducted or sat in on or whatever was whenever you transitioned into the next job after a a Mm -hmm. year. Okay. Yeah. What was that? What was that like going into an actual interview doing that? Dude, I was more
1: nervous than the guy I was interviewing. (laughs) Right. It was a customer service position. Okay. So he's, it's maybe his first job or second job or something like that, you know, a younger guy. And I'm like, it, it was a phone interview. Oh, okay. And I'm like, voice is shaking. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wanted to tell was him. Was it one-on-one? Like, yeah, him? just me and him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he, so we used to ask people if it's okay if we do a background check,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if they were to get the position, whatever. And then he got super, he like, he was already very nervous. And this is like towards the end of the interview. And... He got real nervous and was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, man, that's fine." But I did uh, get a DUI recently. I was Dang. like, "That doesn't apply to this job, I don't <laughs> think." But like, uh, thanks for telling me, I guess, buddy. But then it just got super awkward because, I mean, if somebody told me that even a month later, I would be like, dude, not a big deal, don't worry." A lot of people did say things like that. We had eventually stopped asking that question, but mm. people would say that, and it's something where once I became comfortable, then I could react to that in a way that. Made them not feel like an idiot, you right. know, like, but dude, not my first time, you know. <laughs> I made him, I probably made him feel bad, even worse about it, you know. And, yeah, um, but yeah, the first time I was, we had a script, and as a team, I was so on the team that I joined, we they used to like contract those recruiters out for because mm. it's super high volume, you're hiring a like. Thousands of people. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Yeah, man. And a mid-level recruiter might have a goal of one to three hires a month or something like that, maybe five. Our goal was 10 a month as brand new recruiters, but because it was just such a lower level position, lower pay, you know, the interview process was shorter, but it was super high volume. So as a team, we, we kind of built the whole process and there was one guy on my team named Eddie who... I mean, basically taught me how to be a recruiter, him and my manager. And they're both just so amazing. And I learned a ton from them. But we had kind of developed like a loose script, which I don't do great at following scripts anyway. I Mm -hmm. like to just, anytime I give a speech or something like that. I'll get a rough outline, but mm-hmm. I did, if I have to follow it, I'll blow it for sure. I'll blow it, you know. Um, so that was another thing. I was like trying to follow the script too much, and I just, I just blew it. That yeah. poor guy. I don't remember his name, but we didn't hire him.
0: No. Oh, you did not hire no. him. No, no, he did bad even outside oh, okay. of the DUI okay. thing or whatever. Right. You know, like yeah, it just did not go. Okay, well. so the so you have a script mm-hmm. that you that you're following, and then. I I guess give me this answer as like the most senior, most experienced you were at before you left. Mm -hmm. So you have a script that you're following and you got to get through whatever. I'm assuming you're taking, is it recorded or are you taking notes on his answers or? I was taking notes at the
1: time. It wasn't recorded, Um, but then I would take notes and good recruiters should be taking notes during all interviews. I stopped doing that after like maybe six months of it. And i just like remember the highlights and maybe like jot down a couple things or something, you yeah, know, but, yeah. um, but
0: yeah, at the time I was taking okay. notes. So are you, so you're grading him as you go on like, mm-hmm. and then, so if it's one-on-one, then you, what do you do? Like, do you, put people in a pool of like these people advance and these people Mm -hmm. don't or do you tell do you report directly to the manager at the end of the week how do do you
1: yeah yeah so it kind of varied depending on there would be certain locations so what i was doing in person customer support so basically the first or the people i was hiring for my first like year or so of being a full cycle recruiter were they were if you want to drive for uber there's this thing called Greenlight where you they have them all over the country all over the world really and you go in, get an inspection, ask questions, whatever. And I was hiring the people that worked there. Okay. And so some locations would only need one person. Sometimes they were like, uh, four people just quit, and we can't even open every day. So like depending on that, you know, if it was the super high priority ones, then if anybody was remotely good, I would just automatically send them to. I would schedule the. Inter- I would pull up the managers interview and say, all right, can you go in tomorrow? This time works for them, whatever. Mm. Or if it was a little bit more chill, like kind of anticipating we're going to have this need for the season coming up or whatever, okay. then they would, you know, I would work, just talk to the manager. These are five people I thought did pretty well. Do you like their resume? And just, like, send them there. It was all just depending on okay the how crazy that
0: Yeah, I didn't even, like, I'm just was. now realizing that when you're scheduling stuff, you're scheduling for, I mean, you could be scheduling a person in this area for meeting with a person in mm-hmm. this, like, totally different state. Yeah. And you're doing that, like, okay. That makes yeah, yeah. a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking, like, thousands of people coming into Uber HQ and, like, interviewing and stuff like
1: Yeah, I mean, for engineers, so when I was doing customer support, it was all over the place. Um, it's it, so until like the last year or so, then it was all at offices. Uh, but yeah, dude, at first it was. I mean, in San Francisco, Uber probably has six seven thousand employees or something Dang. like that in San Francisco, you know. So, all those people came and interviewed at one of the three offices. Right. There are, are probably 10 offices now in San Francisco, and then wow. in like every other major city, there are offices too, and in mm. minor cities too, and stuff, so, <laughs> you know, like uh, everywhere. They
0: it's insane the scale, like. That's what's so, yeah. I, I still can't wrap my he, my head around how big the company is, dude. I can't either. And this not, is Uber, not even the biggest company out there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: It's so nuts, man. It it really is absolutely crazy.
0: Uh, so did you? So you dealt with the same people every day? You said like a team of five or something? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah. So it would vary. Like did did like, you get like lost in the thousands of employees, or were you kind of?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. now. So uh, no, not really. It, I th- we had like an internal directory that was like my homepage basically. I used it all the time, mm. um, and yeah, I would interact with a certain group of people from, you know, uh, hiring managers that I'm, I'm hiring for their locations. Never more than like fifteen or twenty at a time. Okay, and being a recruiter, I didn't. Dude, it's a job you can do a hundred percent remote. Like it does not matter where your team is located. You know, we were all located there and would like kind of interact, but it was more kind of. Solo, as far as the other recruiters on my team, I would just see them if like cool. I had a question or wanted to grab lunch or whatever. Cool.
0: So, what kind of? Now I'm curious about the tech stuff. What kind of like tools did y'all use to do all this work? Yeah. So, or, like, did they have any cool like internal things that are like secret and? Uh, nothing really super
1: exciting. Like the like I said, they do kind of automate the scheduling now. It's an internal tool they built. Um, I think it's called Scout, and it was it's probably like pretty impressive tech stuff, you know, but like. As far as a user, it's just like, hey, I need this. Yeah, you just click, click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing. It, one thing I learned when I started working at Apple is, I mean, Apple is like the biggest company, you know, the, the right. richest company, whatever. Their internal tools are trash. Like, they really? suck to use. They're very frustrating. They crash, you know. And compared to any app that you use as an end user, as a customer... They're all like they put so much less of focus on design and user experience and Mm. all that stuff for any internal tool that I've used. Um, That's surprising. Being saying it's trash is probably a little dramatic, but like (laughs) it's not anywhere near what you know, like any app that you would imagine that this amazing company that designs all these beautiful, Mm. super easy to use apps, they're terrible. And so, same with internal apps, there, recruiting software is are getting better but most of them are like super old school and terrible and
0: yeah so nothing nothing super exciting with that on mm. on that front. Um, so what uh, what did you see like the progression of you said you like learned a lot of stuff while you were there mm. what did your and you felt like you were not in control for the first part while you were there mm-hmm. so what, what did you feel like you learned or think some of the big things you took away from working in an environment like that.
1: Yeah I think Hmm. Um, I think that some of the things I I learned, which I feel like I've always had like a a work ethic instilled in me. And I'm I'm going to I'm not going to always be successful. I mean, I've learned I was terrible at school and failed tons of classes and like, you know, like uh, did this job I wasn't great at. But I'm going to work as hard as I can, even like not caring for my own personal health or mental health or whatever. Like I'm going to push as hard as I can until, you know, it's just like I find out this isn't right for me or whatever, you know. And so that was just another exercise in that and like hate, like I said, working till two, or three o'clock in the morning every day, you know, because I didn't want to let people down or whatever, you know. And um so I think that and then also learning like, hey, sometimes it's okay to let people down, you know, especially when I got more than just myself to worry about, you know, mm-hmm. I mean there were times at there where I would go weeks without my wife and I spending quality time together because I was just focused on working or we do go to dinner and I'm just on my phone or whatever, you know, so kind of finding my own personal line and what's good for me. And, and what I found is it's moving, it's a moving target, you know? And so it's something that, um, I think the, the lesson I learned is to just stay in tune with yourself and, um, and just, especially it's so great having a wife that's amazing and super supportive and helping her, you know, at getting her help to check in and, and am I being more of a jerk lately or whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff. And um, I, that's a, that was a huge lesson that I learned too. And, and trying to what – what is going to fulfill me? And I think that for a while – and or one thing I still struggle with is being fulfilled from – external factors is always going to leave you not fulfilled, you know, Mm -hmm. like pursuing that. And so it kind of taught me how to be fulfilled from how is you know, how am I treating my wife, how am I treating others, you know, and and myself too, you know. So like to pursue this kind of something different than I thought that I would've whenever I got this tech job at the fastest growing tech company ever and all this stuff, you know, and and I mean the job I did was not a big deal. I'm not saying like anything like that. But it was all it was super exciting stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think yeah, maybe that's probably the the biggest thing that I learned from that.
0: What's a uh, so? What's the culture like? I want to come back to that in a second, mm-hmm. but I, I want to hear about the uh, the culture of like walking into working at the fastest growing startup in history. Mm. And is it uh, does it, how did it feel? I guess how did it feel different? If you could explain that from mm-hmm. from like a I don't know not a run of the mill job, but mm-hmm. what I guess I would imagine that same type of job being in Baton Rouge. I would I could only imagine it being. Just way more amped up in yeah. San Francisco at Uber. Yeah. What is it? Did you like detect that or, and did you get used to it after being there?
1: Yeah. So I think the culture at, when I started at Uber was very different than when I left. Um, but the, I think like one thing is that another thing I learned from that, and I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but it's. No, like no one is that big of a deal you know like that's mm. one thing that I thought before like oh at the time I started the CEO was Travis Kalanick and he's you know done this amazing thing had this great idea whatever and then you just like see him walking in his goofy red shoes and like <laughs> looking pissed off whatever you know it's like he's just a dude that's super stressed and had a good idea and was in the right place at the right time and mm. works hard you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of the last thing is what it distills down to is working hard. Like these people work hard and are, you know, are smart and stuff, but it's just that they're just someone else, you know, that mm. maybe happened to get here way several years ago. And maybe they're like a insane millionaire and, but they're just working hard and they're just like somebody, you know? So yeah. I think it, it taught me, it taught me that like, which is still something I'll struggle with. You know, if I see like at my school right now, the director of the program is a guy who designed the first Mazda Miata, and he's like a Dang. pretty big deal in design, and uh, sometimes I'll still get nervous when I see him in the hall or something like that, you know, but like then trying to remind myself like he's just a dude, you know, is I think is one thing that being exposed to all those people in that,
0: in that tech hub or whatever, you know, it, it taught me is like,
1: yeah, they're just people.
0: You That's know? cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So from all of this craziness to quitting and going back to school, which you said that you had struggled with earlier mm. on in life. Yep. What the heck?
1: Yeah, dude, right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I said that was the last te- test I've ever taken. I'll <laughs> never go back to school. I'll never have to study again, you know. Um, but so about, so March of last year, um, yeah, March 2018, we um, we found a new place. Our uh, Some of our friends were living there and uh, they were moving out of the city, and we went over to watch their kid before they, like, babysit their kid while somebody took him out to dinner or something like that. And I I just made a joke with them, like, uh, yo, if anybody – if y'all need somebody to take this place off your hands, we'll do it. And they are like, well, we actually – like, the landlord did tell us that if we have friends, they'll only raise the rent a little bit. And this is how much it is and, you know, whatever. And we were like, uh, wait, that could actually work out, you know? And so, like, it just – like just from a joke turned into actually like moving into this place and it's by like any small town or even like in baton rouge it's it's probably a pretty small house Mm -hmm. but it was probably actually like six to ten times bigger than our studio dang and there's a a garage which i was super
0: excited about. so this is an actual house yes it's an actual house now
1: i like if I knock on my wall, I think that my wall and my neighbor's wall are like two external <laughs> walls that touch each other, okay, but yeah. if I knock on my wall, they could hear me. Got it. So it's it's a house.
0: It's, it's in like, is it re- like one of those typical San Francisco houses like that you see in Full House and oh, stuff. Oh, the Painted Ladies? Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's Dang, it's okay. not
1: very attractive from the outside. It's <laughs> just right. like but it's it's a house. You know, yeah, it's yeah. so um like I said, huge thing with the dude, our studio was so terrible, man. Like <laughs> we didn't have laundry in the building. I had to walk uh, we lived in the second steepest hill in the city. I had to walk, uh, I would load up our suitcase with all of our laundry once a week up this huge hill to do our laundry and pay like 20 bucks at a laundromat wow. to do our laundry every week. And it was like, it was no doubt. If you asked me what's the worst thing about living here, it was that. Doing was the, the laundry. Yeah. And so there was laundry in the house it was parking, you know, like all nice. this stuff. And so it was out of pocket Uh, almost double what we were paying before, but Maddie was really establishing her job. I was working at Uber doing all right, you know? And so we had just been saving a ton, like a a ton of ton, And so, um, so we were able to do it. We have somebody that lives. So downstairs behind the garage, there's a, a room and that's where the laundry room is and stuff. And so we have, one of Maddie's really good friends lives there. So we do have somebody that lives in the house with us, but it's totally separate. Like I'll go a week without seeing her sometimes, you know? Dang, cool. Um, but so we moved in there. This is a, kind of a tangent, but. Um, do we, we have
0: time to fill? Rem- all right. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> hours.
1: Uh, w- we moved in there and I um, started. I'm, so I've been like kind of into woodworking yeah, for yeah. six, eight, uh, eight or 10 years or so. Um, and. I, uh, so I started building out a wood shop and, and turned my garage into a wood and metal shop though. A welder was the second thing I got. Nice, But,
0: um, yeah, man, it was great. And it I feel you were, for a while you were like going to some place where you could rent space. Yeah. Do yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tech shop is what it was called. Okay. It was, yeah, it's like a shared, it was like anti-tech though. It was like woodworking and <laughs> metalworking and <laughs> no, stuff. no, dude, they had a upstairs was like, uh, Programming like circuit and stuff? boards <laughs> okay. and like all this stuff, cool. like soldering, like all this stuff. Like it was just everything. It was, so great they had 3d printers there and cncs and everything it was amazing it was like i don't remember how much it was but it was it basically worked like a gym you just go in Uh, use whatever tool you want you know nice um and then they went out of business and i was like depressed for weeks dude (laughs) because this was before we moved to our new place and so i was like wow this is terrible you know um but but yeah then we found this place and i just started building building a wood shop and something kind of clicked one day i was in the wood shop I don't even remember what it was. I was trying to figure out how to get a measurement of something. And I'm not like super mathy or anything like that, but like there was something I was trying to figure out and I'd never seen anybody do it before. Like it wasn't super complicated, but it was something I've never come across. And Mm so I ended up just like kind of sitting there thinking about it for a while. And I, and I was like, I don't even know fully what I'm going to do, but I think this would be the first step in figuring this thing out. And then I did that first step. And then the second step just made sense and fell into place. And then boom, 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 I figured it out. And dude, I started laughing just like a maniac. I was just like so happy and so fulfilled, you know. Like, and then the so so when was this exactly? This was this is um, probably like mid two thousand eighteen. Like, I think it was like in the middle of the night or something.
0: Like, it was probably late in your garage. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Like, somebody's walking on the street. Like, someone's getting murdered. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Cool. Um,
1: So I. Oh, so I did that. And then I started thinking, I was like, this feeling never happens at work, you know? And this is a time that I wasn't hating my job. Like Mm. I, I hated being a recruiter for the last like six, eight months of doing it or so, but I was not hating it. My still, I mean, I'm still great friends with my manager and great friends with people there. And, and I think recruiting is a great career, but it just wasn't, it wasn't right for me, you know? So I thought, I thought, I never get this feeling at work. And then I realized it's kind of like, if you've ever been to a langu- or a country that speaks a different language, um, it's and now especially with Google Translate, and you can get data plans in most other countries for like ten bucks for a month. Mm-hmm. Un- you know, like it's yeah. it like it, so you can get by. You can totally get by, but there's something about. Whenever you come back, or or you just have a conversation with someone that speaks fluent English, and there's just this like, it's just easier, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt that at work every day is like me being in a different country in a different language. I have the tools. I can make it. I do this job. I'm not fired, you know. Like yeah, but it's it's not when I come into the shop. That's like I'm speaking English, you know, and that. I didn't stop thinking about that for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that I went through kind of ups and downs and there were times where I would let it get in my head and I would be at work and I would, I would believe, like, let that just be my absolute truth. Like I'm in this language that doesn't speak another language. It's okay if I suck at this job, you know, like, <laughs> and there were like, you know, I'll just go through seasons or whatever. But, but pretty much then is whenever I was like, I got to find something else to do, mm-hmm. you
0: know? And, and I looked for, a while for six so eight months did, to so find you, something you just different. wanted something more like hands-on like what were, yeah. what were you looking for
1: i wanted to do i wanted to to use creativity at work and and i think that's why i liked being a recruiter for the time that i did because it was you can use it learning anything you can use creativity you know you're learning how to multiply like you can make a song or so. like you can you yeah. creatively learn how to do anything and so and and learning is fun i i'm Always learning, like I love that. So I think I enjoyed it. But then once you kind of figure it out, the creativity slows down, and there's pretty much you figured out this is the best way to do this, and this is how I'm not going to do it. And so it's like the same thing every day. So Mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I and it got to a point where I was even looking in going to like trade school, doing. I did some electrical work at my house. I was thinking maybe, and I liked it. You know, so I was like maybe I'd go do that. Like, and I didn't. It took me a while to figure out that it was creativity. For a while, I thought it was working with my hands or, you know, doing whatever. But then I, a guy got me to, um, asked me to refinish some cabinets for him. And that is like still one of the most miserable things I've ever done. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, it's not just working with my hands that I like. It's something else too, you know, like, and then I, you know, through all of that, thinking and self-exploration and figuring stuff out. I was thinking I need, I do working with my hands is important to me, but also, uh, or so, so is creativity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's kind of where I landed. And then I just looked at so many different things, you know, and like I said, I was getting to a point where I, I was thinking about going to do construction or something. And I just couldn't swallow the pill of making like a third of what I was making, you know, right. cause you start out on a construction site, you're making like nothing, right, you know? Right, And so and my manager's manager, the director of ops recruiting for US and Canada, her husband was a contractor and he is like 50 or something like that. And he heard that I was thinking about doing that. And, um, and then the director said, why don't you come over to lunch, um, at our place on Saturday and, uh, Grant wants to talk to you about it. You know, if, if you're open to it, and I was like, yeah, sure. He's awesome. You know? And he was like, he, it would I mean, he gave me, like, three hours just giving me advice, talking to me. He was, like, basically, don't do that. Like, don't do (laughs) trades, you know? Like, he's, like, maybe if you want to go back, like, yeah, you like electrical work, you want to go back to school and do electrical engineering or so. you know? And so I was just thinking about all kind of different things, and um, I am just forever thankful for that. I started to make him a mallet a long time ago, and never then school started, and I never finished it. But, you know, like, that was also huge for me, having him – kind of talked some sense into me and he was you know like hey try to make it work as a recruiter like it's a good career you're at a great company you know so that gave me a few more months of trying but but then i found industrial design and
0: okay so right so you're saying that you didn't want to leave your job for like a construction job Mm -hmm. so instead of doing that and taking less pay you went back to school (laughs) and are getting no no pay pay. you're paying (laughs) yeah so what what so how did you get to the how did you get through the throat process of going back to school I remember. Um, the, I remember you posted your ID on your Instagram. Yeah, and in mm-hmm. the little description, you were like, oh, "I went back and forth on this decision mm-hmm. for months or yeah. whatever, yeah. and finally."
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So I, I don't remember, honest. Oh, I have a. So oh, all right. So I have a friend. So there's a. Uh, a career called product design and i mean that's uh, what it sounds like Mm -hmm. but product design can either mean physical products or digital products Mm -hmm. and i i was at a men's retreat thing with my church and one of the guys at the church is a product designer in an app he worked some like data analytics app or something like that and i was talking to him and and I mean, I knew this was his job. We've talked about his job a ton of times, but he was just like telling me about something he was going through at work. And I was like, oh, product design, that might be something that's interesting. And you get to do creativity. And what is a product designer? Like a graphic designer plus, you know, that's kind of what I thought it was. Um, And so... I just took that and I started just researching product design, you know, whatever. And they have a lot of these uh, boot camps in San Francisco, similar to coding boot camps or whatever. They have the product design boot camps, which are for digital product design. So basically to teach you become an app, an app developer, but not tech, you know, the right. other side of right. it. And in that, I also, a lot of the research I was doing overlapped with physical product design, um, which is industrial engineering, mm-hmm. Not engineering, industrial um, design, Mm -hmm. and um, I have a friend that I worked with at Apple that did that. Who we worked at Apple in Louisiana, and um, I looked him up, and he had actually was living in San Francisco, (laughs) doing industrial design there, you know. And so I asked him if I, you know, if I could take him to lunch or whatever, and just hear about it. And and there was a school that I was thinking about going to. It's the one that I'm at, um, Academy of Art University, and. Um, I, you know, I was doing some research on it. He had great things to say about it. I was very strategic though and I didn't tell him that I was thinking about that school because I wanted his f- honest opinion, you know. And and he said great things to say about it even out, you know, before when I told him I wasn't thinking it. And then I called the school one day. And um I was talking to an advisor and she was telling me what an industrial designer is, the way they think, the way they look at things. And on that phone call, I was driving home from work one day. I had to mute the phone because I was crying so hard because I felt so like this. I was like, wow, you're describing me. You're describing the way that my brain works. This is, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And like pretty much from that moment, I was like, this is absolutely what I'm going to do. I still Mm -hmm. did some more due diligence and research and whatever. And Um, they have a, I mean, I was at a point where I was willing to go back to like a four year or more program and, um, I really didn't want to do that. I mean, I'm 28, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, but they have a master's program where she was like, even to get in, I don't care what your grades were in your undergrad. She's like, show me what you've made. Show me your portfolio. Sweet. And, and we'll go from there. And so it's super easy to get into, but the first semester or maybe year, fingers crossed that it's just the first semester (laughs) are like very hard. Um, to weed
0: out the people that don't right, belong, or that whatever, don't you know? want to do yeah. it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's how that's how that went. So
0: you're one semester in now. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yep just just finished it. Um, took three classes. It was. Are you are
0: you you're, you do not have a job right now? while you're that's going right. to school? Yeah, okay, gotcha. I yep, Don't
1: have a job. Gotcha. Uh, which is nuts, man. It really? is the first time that I haven't had a job since high school. Yeah. Uh, there, I went for like a few weeks when I was in my first year of school. I worked at a job where they like uh, they scheduled me extra hours during final week. and I was like, I quit, you know, <laughs> and then I like found a job. Then I started working at Starbucks like two weeks later or something yeah. like that, you know. Like, So this has been really crazy. But it's the first time I haven't had a job since high school, but it's th- probably the hardest I've worked since high school. Like I cannot believe how hard this program was, mm. you know, and I think that one was expectations. I thought I mean, my my first class was model making, which is like in the wood shop 80 percent of the time. So I was like, dude, I'm going to smoke this, you know, like, and not that I'm an amazing woodworker, but there was somebody doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it. The, the girl sitting next to me had never used an exacto knife to make it like to cut it, you know? So I was like, she, she failed out. I hope no dude, she did great. You know, (laughs) like, and so, and I was like, so this is going to happen, you know? So for sure I'll be fine, you know? But, um, yeah, it's just, it's. It was a yeah. It was a lot, but Damn. it was still even at the times where I was like, "This is so so hard." I was like, I, "I'm glad I did this." It's so right so, thing.
0: what was harder, the first year of the Uber job or the first semester of the school,
1: dude? That's a great question. I think my instant answer, like my quick answer, is the school. But I think the school is harder. Yeah, but I think, really? yeah. okay. wow. but I think because. It's more. It's more recent. You know. It's yeah. The pain is still is still fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Got (laughs) it. Exactly. So
0: the okay. That's interesting because you like the industrial design. Mm -hmm. It's like a part of you. But the Uber job was the opposite of you. Yeah. But the industrial design semester was harder than the Uber job.
1: Yeah, I think they were hard for different things too. But I think I've you know I mean that first year at Uber was uh, four years ago, and I have grown a ton since then and learned a ton since. then. so it was cool that I was able to, what I try to do anytime I'm going through anything hard, whether it's just like a, a tough job or something like that, or a fight with my wife or whatever, you know, any kind of season of life, I try, sometimes it takes longer than others, but I try to say, like, what can I learn here about myself? Like, how could I, and so I think that like being super, like brutally introspective this whole time, I feel like I grew a lot. And I don't even – not even necessarily in, like, the things I learned, which I did learn a ton about design and stuff this semester, but this semester is pretty basic, you know, this mm-hmm. first semester, but it's just intense. It's a lot. And so, yeah, I don't know. How um, the,
0: they're probably hard for different reasons. How long is the program? Two years. Two full year, four yeah. semesters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, backtrack some. Okay. Um, in Baton Rouge, and you get married, uh, we talked about sh- kind of the first – the first um, pool over there was her internship and then your visit. Mm-hmm. What was it was it li- was it just the visit and like you enjoyed the city so much that you you were like, I'm going to move here or did it like how did you overcome the whole leaving your hometown, leaving your families, leaving all of your friends, not knowing anybody, and going to one of the most expensive cities in the world without yeah. a job? Um, you know, I think I had it a lot easier than my wife
1: because she, whenever she interned there, she made a few friends that were still there whenever she got the job offer. So she did have a few friends, but she didn't have a church community. Um, she, she like tried out a few during her summer, but it just, none of them worked out. So she mm-hmm. didn't have that. She didn't have, it was just a couple friends. It was like two or three friends, you know, and one of them was her boss. So they couldn't like really hang out, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so, so then she went and. And during the year that I was still here, she was there. She found a great church community. She made a ton of other friends and mostly from there, some from work. Um, And she, you know, she did a lot of the really tough legwork. So whenever I got there, I didn't care. I would have, dude, I wanted to go. I was like, I'll make friends. I mean, you know, you work with people, especially, I mean, at Apple, it was, it's similar to, I don't like working in a restaurant or something like, you know, your crazy hours, you get off and go, you yeah, know, party just with go hang workers. out. Yeah, dude, yeah, you don't have to be at work till two the next day or yeah. whatever, you know, so just whether, yeah, go party, go hang out, go just have a meal, whatever, like, so you can develop some pretty great friendships pretty quickly um, there. And I, I learned that from Apple here in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and then, so I wasn't worried about that, but. I think also I had it a little easier than she did, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it was basically just that. I mean, there were some things that I always say, like, people ask if I had culture shock whenever I went. And I always had way more culture shock coming back than there. And I mean, it is not to get too much into politics or whatever, Please but do. SF is almost as liberal as you can get. And Baton Rouge is almost as conservative as you can get. Right. And so I think it was very cool to see. And I am, I am, I would say, I'm not super into politics, but I would say I'm like in the middle. Mm-hmm. Maybe now, like leaning a little bit more left on mm-hmm. things, but like it's all like mainly like the social things, you know? Um, but
0: I think that. It, that's, what you know, mo- that's what most people who are really into politics but don't want to say what they are, by the way. They yeah. say, I'm not really into politics, but I'm in the middle. The, I feel, I feel, so you love politics.
1: Dude, I <laughs> don't, man. I really don't. Like I don't follow any news because it gets me. Here's the thing I, I feel about it, which I've had a lot of people be like, well, that's a very lazy and passive view on this. But yeah. most of the time... I'll read things that maybe a president does or a person that whatever, and I'll get upset. Mm -hmm. And then what do I do with that? Uh, Nothing. You Mm -hmm. know, like I might talk to somebody and be mad at someone, like share (laughs) the anger with someone, but then what happens? Right. I just was mad for it and then nothing happened. You know, like I'm not going to like devote my life to being an activist. And so- most of the time, I feel like things in it just like I get me upset needlessly, mm. you know. And and I'm trying to like be a little bit more informed for especially for voting and stuff like that. But no, I
0: truly don't know that much about
1: <laughs> it. I, I like kind of like intentionally stay away from it.
0: Yeah. for that reason, I've got enough to, to, to be upset about. <laughs> I need to move in that direction because I've noticed I like I. I don't really talk about politics a lot, but I all listen to it every day and like mm-hmm. listen to podcast or like mm-hmm. mainly YouTube videos, watch YouTube videos and stuff. But um, it is something that I want to do, but I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I guess generated the self control to do is just not involve myself or not listen to po- political mm-hmm. talk and stuff mm-hmm. as much. Because I'm because I, I don't know when like re- fairly recently, maybe the last few months, I kind of noticed that. It's almost like me listening to the politics stuff, uh, is, is it kind of feels like I'm in a competition or like I'm mm-hmm. subconsciously in a competition and I have to like listen to all the political debates. Mm-hmm. So then, whenever I align with one argument, then it's like I'm winning, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like that is not a good thing. So I've kind of noticed that a little mm-hmm. bit, and I think that. And I'm curious uh, also if doing a lot less politics and actually doing a lot less phone in my hand looking mm-hmm. at social media stuff would kind of free up some, or maybe there's some stress that I'm not really mm-hmm. realizing I have or anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, so I, I need to go, I need to take some more tips from you on how to ignore, because it's addicting.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, my thing is, there are so many other things that are so awesome out right. there that like it's not like i'm like oh like i want to do this oh yeah no, dude <laughs> <laughs> got these dope podcasts to listen to you know like but i mean that is one like this podcast is fun and easy to listen to i oh. listen to rogan and right. a ton of other comedy podcasts kill tony is another one that's amazing like all of these podcasts where you know i've got some that i listen to that I'll, I'll maybe learn a little bit from right but a lot of listen to and So another thing about San Francisco that's kind of weird is, like, no one has a dishwasher. Like, they just are just no room for them. There's, like, no room for them. Really? And so I'm thinking
0: about installing one This is a huge blot for San Francisco. Right, man? It's crazy. Dishwashers, you have to have dishwashers.
1: I know. It's very crazy. But what does this mean is, especially being a a student, and Maddie works a ton, she travels a ton, whatever, there'll be times where, like, I, you know, I try to do, especially because I'm not working, try to do more around the house, whatever, I'll, I will try to, you know, I'll be like, look. As long as you're not like grossed out by the dishes, can you please just leave them? I'll do them after I have to. After I turn to this assignment tomorrow, whatever you know. Sometimes I'll have like two hours of dishes to do. Dang. I'm not trying to listen to a political podcast that's going to get me pissed <laughs> off while right. I'm doing dishes at probably two o'clock in the morning. What I do, I save my comedy podcast. Kill Tony is one that just is silly, and you just laugh, and you know, like, and so it just makes that so much easier. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, YouTube all the time. There's oh, yeah. so much exciting, awesome stuff out there that I'm just. Whether it's, I've, like, recently gotten in, recently as in, like, the last, like, three or four years ago, like, gotten super into math, and, like, there's a a YouTube channel called Numberphile, and they'll just, dude, tell you videos about large numbers that will blow your mind because you can't even believe how big a number is, which Mm -hmm. maybe that means I have a simple mind that my mind gets blown by Graham's (laughs) number, but, like, it's cool, you know, like, and so there's all this stuff, and technology, you know, like, I'm super into tools, obviously, being a woodworker and welder, and. Milwaukee just released this amazing new battery that's like replacing a lot of like gas powered tools that I'll never nice. have a use for a 14 inch concrete saw. But like, I'm so stoked about <laughs> right. this battery technology, you know, that I'm like reading all about it and learning all about it, you know. So, so like, I think being like constantly entertained and curious is kind of helped with that and just excited about stuff that I just like, you know, just like fun stuff or whatever. But yeah. I don't know if those tips will help you out or not.
0: No, I love it. That's great. Um, okay, so tell me how you navigated. One of the bigger reasons that uh, I was pumped about talking to you was the whole like moving to San Francisco and blah, mm-hmm, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But mainly like the process, I guess, or, or like the hurdles of it. Mm-hmm. I guess one of my fantasies is moving away from all of my friends and family and just going to live, actually, in New York City. So like oh, where I want to live. Tori, Tori, if you're listening, we need to move. I literally ask her at least three times a week, can we move to New York City? And she's always like, no, especially <laughs> now that we have a baby. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think now that we have a baby, maybe that's the perfect time. Uh, right? Yeah, dude, to like a fresh bond life. bond as a family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so uh, tell me about how you told your parents that you're moving to San Francisco. Oh,
1: dude, they knew it was coming, man. Okay. But well, since she interned there, I... The I was, door was open oh, and they yeah, were, like, dude. prepared. And... I was very vocal about how much I loved it. Yep. And, and I think that one thing I'll say is, whenever we first moved there, they were, of course, not stoked about it. Mm-hmm. But one... I, I would say this. They would say this. Uh, I feel like what I'm about to say is disrespectful. So I am going to give that, like, <laughs> that, like, uh, precursor or whatever. Right. Like, there's nothing they could have done about it, you know? Like, mm, yeah. And so they knew that. They knew there's nothing they can do about it. And so my parents are great. We have a good relationship. But they're like, well, this sucks. But we know there's nothing we can do about it, you know? Because if they resisted it too much, I'd be like, okay, I guess we're just not going to have a relationship. Then, you know, like, right. and so they ended up, you know, like, still, they were like, well, you're just never going to move back. And I, at first we went, we were like, dude, we'll be there for a year tops. We'll be there for maybe really? three years tops. Wow, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just go there, experience it, right. come back, have a family, whatever, you know. And that was largely because of Maddie. Like, dude, her dad is amazing. He's so great. They have a great relationship. Um, and she was – and her mom too. But, like, her her dad's, like, a little bit older. And so, she, you know, it's something where she just – there's – I mean, we – all have a finite time but it's just something that she you know right, thought of course about. It was like very very f- at the front of her mind and so that was a big thing that what she was like i don't want to miss out on you know mm-hmm. um, on time or whatever but i if it was up to me i would i would have never said we're coming i'm like dude i'm gonna live there and like yeah if i hate it sure i'll maybe come back but like i'm not going to hate it i'm gonna love it you mm-hmm. know and and she was she was like leading the let's maybe try three years let's try you know whatever And I was like, sure, that's fine, whatever, you know. And she's gone through kind of ups and downs or whatever, but the more we're there, the more she's like, I'm down to be here, you know. And it's still, we we didn't get to squeeze in it. This trip has been nuts, that time that we're, you know, this trip home. But um, I wanted to go to Gavin's restaurant. Yeah. and Shout out, Maribo. Dude, I want to go so bad. I'm bummed. I I went.
0: is legit. Did
1: did you try the- Everything
0: uh, was incredible. The wild boar And I'm not just saying that. I believe you, dude. It was all legit. I believe you, man. I I hate Brussels sprouts, but uh his Brussels sprout dish is incredible. I love Brussels sprouts, so I'm sure I would love it. The wild boar was, it was like very- so it was like a pasta, mm-hmm. and the raw boar was like ground in. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he had all – I don't even know what the stuff is in mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's like yeah. like I told him whenever I interview him. It's like he's working magic doing mm-hmm. this stuff. Dude, totally. It's like a bunch of other stuff in there. Yeah. But it's – uh, you know, there's a certain like uh feeling, I guess, whenever you're eating pasta, Italian mm-hmm. pasta or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is not like that. Mm-hmm. This is like hearty and thick, and it like – it's warm in your belly type but, thing. It's mm-hmm. not like the – Italian sauces yeah. as much and stuff. Yeah. It was really and it and it wasn't like um, it, it wasn't gamey, but like you know because gamey is like a yeah. pejorative mm-hmm. term. It was sure, not sure. that, but mm-hmm. it definitely felt more. Like earthy, I guess, or yeah, 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 Yeah. natural. uh, It was very good. It was very good.
1: Kind of like maybe like grass-fed beef versus like regular non-grass-fed. Yeah. So anyway, we wanted to go there, and there's a. So where is it in? It's uh, in Covington. Covington. Yeah, Yeah. So in Covington, there's. It's not Covington. It's somewhere like a suburb of Covington that she's always like. Thought about moving to, and we were planning to take a, a day, go to his restaurant, and and look, and just kind of look around, see is this actually a place that we could see ourselves. So, I'm not saying that we'll never move back. Have you been to Covington before? Not as an adult. Like I maybe uh, yeah. went as a kid, before I or had not like that, been. You
0: know, but... I had not been. Uh, has she like she's been... okay? No. So you should definitely go. Are okay. y'all leaving tomorrow? Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. I know. I dang. Know. Bummer. Sorry, Maddie, that I took your day. I'm sure. Oh no, dude. To I mean, it. we
1: talked about it. Was, um, it's cool. You yeah, know, she's so, here with my sister right now.
0: But yeah, I had not been to Covington either. Mm-hmm. A sidebar here for people mm-hmm. listening. Uh, but whenever I went to interview Gavin, I was like, man, this place is like. Quaint and like nice, and it's not. It's not. Doesn't feel old, and it feels like people are things are happening. Mm -hmm. And then we went when we went back to eat during the day. It was yeah. It was like a really. I mean, I could see myself living there for sure. It's like a nicer New Orleans. Oh, what? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. There was like some a friend that she used to work with or something that had a house out there that she loved, and then they like put the house up for sale. And it wasn't time for us to move back, but she was like talking to them about right. it, like, do we want to, like, try and buy this and then, like, rent it out, like, you know, yeah. and then it just, like, didn't end up working Real out. Real estate but investing, Dude, Yeah, nice. yeah. Yep. listen it. to a little bit, I wish I would have listened to a little bit of your podcast before that house went for <laughs> right. sale, but anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, since then, she's kind of been like, this town seems pretty cool, you know, and so, I mean, I could totally, like, we were going to go there to see if this is actually a place we could live, so it's still a possibility that will come, and yeah. I honestly do think that we will at some point, but like I said, if it wasn't for her, I would come back like once, maybe twice a year, and right. that's it, dude. And be How many like, times do I come back now? I mean, I come back like once or twice a year. Okay. But like <laughs> she comes, she she travels for work a ton, and uh, so okay. she will. And she's been trying to like, it's not on the way, but like she recently had a work trip in New York, and um, she. At the end of it, instead of getting work to pay for her trip back to San Francisco, they paid for a trip here. Mm-hmm. She spent like a weekend, like three days or something like that, mm-hmm. and then came back home. So she makes it back. She probably came back like six times this year, maybe seven times this year. Um, but yeah, I, um, it's just, it's so great, dude. I, like I said, I don't, I don't think, if it was just up to me, I wouldn't move back.
0: So um, are y'all planning to have kids?
1: Yeah, we are. What um, about when you have a kid? Dude. All right. So that's the thing. So it's kind of tough in San Francisco. Which So I went to New York for the first time this year. Nice. And if I didn't have my shop, which we got a hookup, like we're still paying a lot, but like, dude, we were looking, we started kind of looking for places in San Francisco and a one bedroom apartment with no parking is like 300 bucks more than we pay for our house. Wow. And that's after the person that we are renting the bottom out to. But essentially we have a two bedroom house with- Parking with laundry, like all that, for like but no two, dishwasher, no shame. Dishwasher, I That's know, horrible. man, I know it's terrible. <laughs> um, but but so, if we didn't have that hookup, I dude, I was like, a, I wanted to look for jobs in New York, really? like, I loved it so much. New York much, is amazing, man. it's so awesome. So, we should awesome. just sit
0: here and talk about New York for a few minutes. I'd be down with it, dude.
1: <laughs> um, but one thing is, dude, child care is absolutely nuts in san francisco yeah and there are like there people do like nanny shares and like you can make it work you can absolutely make it work is there an
0: app for nanny share probably probably yeah yeah.
1: uh but um but yeah so that's one thing that i mean we'll just have to see you know whenever we get there but but i think it's something that i'm not too concerned about you know we will probably wait till i'm after uh, like out of school you know so we'll be back to two incomes and we'll just make it, you know, we'll figure it out. And if we don't, then we'll move back. And that's the thing, man, that I always say to people that are thinking about moving or whatever is you can just move back. Like the war mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, yeah, sure. We're not promised another second or another year or whatever, but like you kind of plan your life like you are sort of, you know? And so assuming, you know, we're young, we're in our late twenties, early thirties, like move somewhere. And if you don't, then Dude, so there are a lot of people that haven't even started their career yet and they're two years older than you or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You just, I guess the worst thing that can happen is you could die. But, like, you know, like, that's always the worst that (laughs) can happen. You're taking (laughs) a harsh turn here. (laughs) Hey, dude, just, I mean, it's the truth. You You might die. Yeah. But you also might die
0: here. That's what Gary Vee says. You know Gary Vee? Uh, Yeah, I've listened to a little bit of his stuff. So he says all the time, You might die? No, he says you're going to die. Oh, so you better do what you want to do.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, and. And I love, you know, whenever I'm thinking about doing something or not. Obviously, there's a ton of other stuff that goes into any decision. But, like, I would so much rather do something and it sucked and then just know, like, well, at least that wasn't, you know, that wasn't what I thought it would be. Right. Oh, well. Then wonder how amazing it would have been because your brain will hype it up, dude. And you'll be like, I missed out on the greatest thing ever, you know. Mm. But, like, if you just do it and it's not great then just go back or whatever you know like so that's what I always say to people that think about moving and and what I still like uh, kind of stick to with us like yeah we, whenever we have kids like we want to do it in the city we know a lot of people that do and it's fine it's you, know, you don't have as much freedom whatever but nobody that has kids does you know like yeah. and and if it sucks it's too expensive there are no good schools whatever then we'll just come back and it'll be fine
0: you know like mm-hmm. it, that's it like so um so yeah Cool. Um, all right, so back to the school. So industrial design, what's um? What's like your dream job, I guess, after – or are you looking at a job? Are you looking at doing your own thing? Yeah. I know mean, you've spent a lot of time in the workshop and stuff like that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that my dream job would be – so you know Adam Savage from Mythbusters? Of course. So he is actually an industrial designer. And he used to teach at my school. Dang. Yeah, man. Like 13 years ago, like a couple of my instructors had him when they were there. Um, So, like, I guess something like he's doing or being a MythBuster would be like the dream (laughs) job, you know? Or Johnny Ive, you know, like the guy, the design guy at Apple, industrial designer. He recently left Apple to start his own design firm. Did not know that. Yeah, and he's he said Apple will be my biggest client, you know. So like he's still going to be doing a lot of stuff at Apple, but he's also going to design speakers and water bottles and appliances and tools and whatever, you know? And so that would be like a dream job is working at his firm. Um, I think what I'll probably do um, is there are a ton of design firms in San Francisco um, that do all kinds of different things, you know? And so maybe try and find a design firm, get a job there, and then just work on a few different projects, learn what I like, what I don't like, and then maybe do my own thing or i'm not crazy about that idea unless i just found something that was right you Mm -hmm. know um but then go work at a company that does that you know that focus there some of the big focuses are automotive i told you guys design the miata Mm -hmm. toys one of my instructors is um, a toy designer he's worked at mattel hasbro like all this stuff you know and uh, he's kind of been talking about internships a little bit this semester so that could be really cool um you know tools kitchen appliances whatever all these so learning about like electronics phones computers whatever whatever stuff yes like it that. could be like
0: i mean there's like literally infinite applications mm, totally for it. everything
1: yeah. has been touched by a designer you yeah. know um at some point. Maybe uh, one company just took that other company's idea, you know, that their designers right. did or whatever, <laughs> right. you know, but like everything has been touched by an industrial designer at some point in some way, some, somewhere down the road. So I think, yeah, we're, you know, doing something like that or, or maybe I would love working at a design firm and. Changing, you know, doing, working on a project for three or four months at a time, and then I'm never bored because I'm always doing something new, something yeah. different, you know. So, I might like that. But
0: so, what are you? So, what are you working on the work in the in your workshop right now?
1: Right now, so when school started, I, everything pretty much stopped, Um, and we came here the day after I finished the semester. Oh wow! Okay. So when I go back. Everything I'm going to be working on is is optimizing my workshop for next semester. That's one thing I love, man. Just like in our uh, apartment, how I made the bed into the closet. Mm-hmm. I always said, as a woodworker, this is shameful. Like, you use, <laughs> like, cheap plywood, you know, like, ugly hinges, like, all this stuff. But as a dude making stuff, this is one of my proudest things. Nice. You know, like, because yeah. it, it solved a huge problem. It was you know figuring out different things that no one ever taught me and just had to figure out like how to make these gas struts work because the bed's too heavy for maddie to lift or whatever you know like all this stuff was, what's a so gas strut was, so like uh, like, like a, a, the trunk in your car like okay or, so like lift the bed up like, yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. cool. yeah so i'll put a couple of those under it nice. so the bed would be you know so we could lift it like right. whatever like the first ones i tried weren't strong enough so i had to get some other ones and i My brother's a civil engineer, uh, but he, you know, oh yeah, shout out Philip, shout out Philip, uh, calling him all the time for physics questions. And what if I place this here? You know, all that stuff was so fun. Um, so, and then I, oh dude, all right. So the last year or so that we lived in our apartment, um, I did a, I found out that there are these things that exist, that it's a washing machine and a dryer in one unit. Okay. And it'll just wash your clothes and then dry it. And sounds incredible, dude. Incredible. And so like, there was like seven hours from the time that I knew that those existed (laughs) until I bought one and we weren't doing like great at the time. They're like a grand. I was like, I don't care. Like the (laughs) amount of pain that I have from washing. So, so then figuring out how do I make this work? I had to like build this extension for our countertop and like, I love figuring out how to make like optimized space. And I would sure I'd love to have a workshop the size of a warehouse and just have all the tools I want in it. Mm -hmm. But I, I love having a workshop that's a one car garage and figuring out how to make stuff. So that's going to be my like big thing is I've, I've got a list that's like six months long of projects to do, you know, (laughs) in the, in the month that I have off. At the top is probably – right now my wood storage is like under the stairs, and I'm going to take it all out, make a rack on the wall, and then just put like a bunch of other stuff in there, and I'm going to make a new workbench. I think those are the things that I will like –
0: Absolutely, do actually before you leave tomorrow. Can you come to my house and build me some shelves for my garage? For sure, dude. For sure, man. <laughs> Carl, too, maybe. Yeah, absolutely, bro. That's with
1: my time management. I'm surprised I'm not actually committing to that. Like, yeah, dude, for sure. I can of come course. build you. Yeah, <laughs> we have you fly out like room.
0: 10 a.m. or something. <laughs> um, so what's more rewarding for you, uh, doing like projects in your garage? Is it the uh, like do you feel better whenever you're doing it like grinding it out and after hours and at night and the weekends or are you working for when you're done like stepping back and looking at the product? I think the, I think when it's, I like, I like the
1: figuring it out stuff, you know, cause that's one thing I kind of learned there, there are like several projects in my, in my year or last year or so at Uber when I was in the shop and working on things where I would be working on something, I would lose interest on it and make some kind of excuse why it's a good idea to start a different project, even though this mm. one's only halfway done. And after like, after doing that several times, I kind of tried to be introspective. Like what's going, it wasn't like a serious problem, but it was like. I should finish things, you know, and why am I not? And I learned that I like figuring things out, designing them, figuring out how it's going to work, and then I would like if somebody could come in and do like the finishing, Got the it. you know, like right. all the fine details and stuff. So so yeah, I definitely enjoy the designing and figuring out like the first like 70% maybe of mm-hmm. the building okay. process.
0: So so mm-hmm. you are you like a compulsive non finisher on jobs? Because I've seen you like yeah. have some stuff, like you finished your knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so dude. Like, finally,
1: it took me like two years, but I, <laughs> I did. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's compulsive, but I think that's just because you
0: just like really like the designing mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, rather it, than mm-hmm. so it was probably really good advice from old boy to not go into construction, yeah, but go yeah. into the
1: yeah yeah exactly. And I would say it's it's probably only not compulsive because i've only had a workshop for like two years mm, you know and mm. so or no like a year yeah a year and a half or so so like i haven't had enough time to make it a serious problem right. you know <laughs> and now i'm doing this other thing where like i can't finish anything yeah. i can't start anything really you know like so um yeah it would be though
0: right um okay so what's the what's your like favorite place to learn stuff is it youtube okay right for on. sure right dude. On, for it sure. is
1: i i mean dude all right so what was the? why I think... haven't you started
0: a youtube channel or have oh, you? I haven't, I, no, I, I think
1: – I I. mean I have a YouTube channel, but it's like me and uh, my freshman year of college like doing a math video for Bailey, <laughs> my sister. You know, like right. it's like – it's just like a few things like that. But um, I haven't because – and I got into like f- photography a little bit, video work a little bit, but I
0: – Your drawing videos from around the world are legit. Dude, so, it's just
1: all I, mean, I ever wanted to do with that – So thank you. All I ever wanted to do with that <laughs> stuff is like I would – there was nothing – I think the first time I had this experience was in high school when Miss DeSalvo took us to Costa Rica. That was the first time I'd Mm -hmm. ever been out of the country and for sure the most beautiful place I'd ever seen. And I took like a digital camera. This was before phones were really... Right. uh, Yeah, because the iPhone... Yeah, it was like maybe the first iPhone was out or something like that, but like phones cameras were trash. And so, uh, so I took this like digital camera. I was like, okay. And I took all these pictures and I came back and was like, this is not a cool picture at all. Like this doesn't (laughs) look anywhere close to the feeling that I felt when I was seeing this. Yeah. So since then, I've always just wanted to, all I want is to even like partially, show like in an accurate way what i saw when i was at this insanely beautiful place mm. so that was my goal with that and dude drones uh, let make it so easy bro yeah, you know like true. they make it so easy and yeah i still spend a lot of time learning different things in final cut or whatever but dude i mean i never made any like actual videos in that you know right and i think that i, I thought about doing a youtube channel especially because of how many helped me learn things how many just brought me like i don't really maddie and i have a few shows that we'll watch together but i might watch one or two movies a year and I will watch a few shows a year, but I consume a lot of digital media Mm -hmm. and it's just YouTube, like a guy in his garage Mm -hmm. with not even, I don't have like amazing tools, but not even like I have way better tools than him and he's (laughs) got an iPhone five or whatever. And he's making this amazing stuff, teaching thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you know, like, and so the idea of having a YouTube channel was very compelling to me and it's something I thought about a lot, but I'm just so slow at video editing and do, and I just like had no. Time, you know, it just never worked out. You could farm that out. If yeah. You want. Oh, dude, if somebody <laughs> came to me, and was like, "Hey, I'm I'm great at video editing." <laughs> Carl and... is wide eyed. <laughs> dare you farm out your editing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at video. I want to make a YouTube channel, and I like you. Will you do it? I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, maybe," you know. But like, it's just that it's uh, yeah. that that side of things. I, I never did it. Uh, okay, so
0: what's the best place you've traveled to? Dude, I don't know. That's a Most great question. incredible so, location. So,
1: um, so no, why don't do... you list them?
0: There's a few, for sure.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. So the first time I ever went out of the country was Costa Costa Rica Rica. in high school. Um, That was amazing. It was so beautiful, man. Like we, growing up, family vacations to Gatlinburg, Tennessee and Destin, Florida. (laughs) Same, dude. That was the extent of my traveling until that point. Um, Costa Rica is, we went like up into the mountains of Costa Rica, which I had like, I mean, Gatlinburg has amazing mountains and is beautiful, but it was like nothing I'd ever seen. Um, so there I went to Mexico a few times. I never went to anywhere really awesome in Mexico. I was always on mission trips. Mm-hmm. So um, then on our honeymoon, we went to Ireland wow. and that was a incredible. Def- day, dude. Day. Highly recommend. I, nice. There are so many places to see. I don't love the idea of going back to the same place twice, mm-hmm. but we're probably going to go back to Ireland, maybe on our 10 year anniversary or something like nice. that. Like, it's, I, dude, I wouldn't move to Ireland, man. Like, it's incredible. And the fact they speak English. Be careful. Like, they, you might actually do it. <laughs> dude, I might. Yeah, man. Uh, but the fact they speak English, too, yeah. makes it so easy, you know? Um, and so, Ireland, there, uh, the next vacation that we went to, I think, the next place we went was. Um, Italy I think that was the next like awesome vacation that we went on and nice. that was incredible too dude like everything dude, how hear, are you
0: gonna pick it how are you gonna pick your favorite oh dude, I can't problem. man I can't
1: <laughs> uh but that like what you're describing about Gavin's restaurant is like and, like how it's just like something different yeah. to it, you know it's, Every bite of food you take in Italy is that, dude. It's like, how is this plain piece of bread so <laughs> good and so much flavor? You know, like, yeah. it's just a different experience, man. Y'all uh, went to Rome or? Yeah, we went to Rome. We did, dude. All right. So for both of those places, what we did is we, Maddie's amazing at planning and like l- yes, researching. We need to go over the tips for oh, sure. Oh, dude. Anywhere, Please. any of the places we've been, she's probably got like a spreadsheet or a doc or both or any, you know, all kinds nice. of stuff I can share with you. Um, <laughs> but what we'll do get there, rent a car, and then just kind of do our own tour mm-hmm. around you do it on your own time, you know we we basically just schedule our hotels and then just go around now, Last year we went to Vietnam and we did not do that because it's nuts. The traffic is so <laughs> nuts. So we did like you know. Like, There's no dude. traffic laws. Oh, dude, it, <laughs> I believe it. Uh, it's it is so crazy. I don't know if that's actually true. Or you're just no. Saying that, I think
0: i just from seeing videos the way they yeah, drive. Dude, yeah, dude, it is. It's so
1: crazy. But that was the one that we like did tours and stuff. But um, they're all different. I would say probably Ireland. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Ireland. I think one because it was. We were just married. It was it's so new and exciting. It was my first time, like, overseas, you know. I mean, I'd been to Costa Rica. Oh, we went to uh, Ecuador between I – th- I think that was, like, the second year that we were married. And that was pretty cool. I didn't love it, uh, but it was great. It, it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was really cool seeing, yeah, yeah uh, that culture and stuff. But uh, probably Ireland is, uh, is a place that was my favorite. There my were favorite. S- some places in – In Vietnam, that were there's like been at least one place in in any of them, and in Ireland I could live like anywhere that we went, but in Italy there we stayed at this bed and breakfast that was like a farm, and it was just like super cool older couple, and I want dude if I could just go live there and like help out on his farm and just like stay for free, and I'm helping like I would do that in a heartbeat, man. You know like that there was a place in Vietnam that was kind of similar. It was a bed and breakfast some. Dude, that was just so awesome. Would we'll just have it like it I would love to just go live there, help him out, be his friend, learn, yeah. you know, like learn from him and stuff like that. Um, but probably Ireland and then Italy and v- and v- I don't know, Italy and Vietnam or Vietnam was so beautiful, man. Really? Like all of those places had a ton of really beautiful places, but uh Vietnam was probably the most beautiful stuff I've seen. It was unbelievable, man.
0: Which one was the video where you were like on the balcony mm-hmm. and then the drone flew away and it, you just saw like the this city on the hill type thing yeah so like
1: it was it flew over the water yeah and like yeah that was in italy that okay. was in
0: um, now, whenever i pulled that up on instagram and saw that i was like that's legit yeah dude that was <laughs> that place was
1: breathtaking that was on uh the amalfi coast okay uh so like the next day i drove we were driving back up and i like pulled over near Mount Vesuvius and drew my flew my drone around there like it was Dang. such a cool experience dude the videos around Vesuvius were terrible like it, it was like <laughs> just too it was like kind of dark and yeah. like it just but it was still a very cool experience
0: sweet yeah. um so give me some native knowledge of San Francisco some local knowledge
1: uh, first one probably is the biggest way to say your tourist is calling it San Fran like it's, it's San okay. Francisco no one
0: there calls it San Fran no one there calls it San Fran maybe okay.
1: SF some people call it SF if okay. you want to shorten it but uh, that's San one San <laughs> I, when I'm walking on the street, I don't make eye contact with anyone Okay. Uh, because a lot, it's often going to be someone to ask you for money or, or something like that, you know, which like uh, there are times I do that, but a lot of times it'll be ask somebody that, for money. Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not gonna... working right now. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. So I got to. Uh, No, I, you know, I'll give people money, whatever. It's not like I'm anti that, Yeah. but it's somebody that's like cracked out asking you for money and screaming at you if you don't respond, you know, like there's some, pretty intense that watch out for poop on the ground human poop so this is um, like real
0: stuff yeah yeah okay. but it's it's i've heard all the stories oh, all yeah, over dude. the news and san francisco's excuse me san fran <laughs> is a terrible place to live because there's homeless and drugs and mm-hmm yeah it it's it's very isolated though like
1: it's really crazy so in san francisco they have neighborhoods that is Mm -hmm. kind of like small cities within the city and they are it's crazy and some of them kind of bleed together but dude a lot of them is like the the worst neighborhood is called the tenderloin and they're on almost all of its boundaries you, like, cross the street. Like, you're on the street. There are people sleeping on the street, tents, people doing drugs right there. Like, I can't Dang. tell you how many people I've seen, sh- sh- for real, just shooting up, needle in their arm, like, Dang. whatever. You cross the street, and it's, like, fine. Nice area of town. Like, no one is right there. Like, wow, it is crazy how divided it stays. And, like I said, sometimes it kind of bleeds over. But mm. but all of that really bad stuff, it, it's easy to avoid, mm. you know, unless – there are a few venues that I'll go to, you know, have concerts that are in those places and walk into them. I'm like, man, you got to stay alert, you know, right. but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it can be pretty bad, but overall, like just pay attention, you know, and, uh, do you carry a gun? Good. No, I don't. Can you even own a gun in San Fran? You can own one, okay, uh, but I don't think that you can carry one. Okay. I, I think that, or maybe like it's maybe something to have a concealed permit there. I, I haven't really looked into it. Um, but I think that's maybe like as difficult as having like a silence or here, you know, like oh, that right, class right, three or right. whatever, like yeah, yeah. that kind of thing where um, I know someone, tape. yeah, dude, so much. I know someone that has a silence, uh, a silencer on their rifle here mm-hmm. and it took him like a year mm-hmm. to get it. He had an interview with the sheriff, like all this, like it's, it maybe it's something like that, you mm-hmm. know, like to, to own one, but yeah, you can have a gun, um, there's limits on ma- on um, magazines. When when right. I brought mine out there, I had to, to uh, so you get a bring smaller it magazine. Yeah, gotcha. I have it like locked up in a safe. Like I've never like pulled it out or whatever. I need to go shoot though. But <laughs> it's the thing. It's like it's kind of like a for emergencies, you know, yeah. more of thing instead of uh, like I I just need to be more responsible with it. Or... So
0: you so have you had any like sketchy run-ins, whatever, like walking around San Francisco, S- sorry, San Fran? Um I mean like is it a normal occurrence that people are asking you for money and yelling at you?
1: No no because I just walk around whenever I'm in those areas, the neighborhoods, the sketchy, tough neighborhoods. I don't make eye contact and I look very pissed off. Is what I try to do, <laughs> okay. you know, and
0: like good strategy. Yeah,
1: like I'm not really like it probably won't be Like, I kind of sending the message, like, it's probably not going to be very enjoyable for you if you try to talk to me or ask me, you know, like, and not that I'm like, but so I have very few interactions now with people. um, And the main was eye contact, dude. Like, it really is crazy how when I accidentally catch eye contact with someone, I'm like, no, you know, like, and sometimes (laughs) it's fine. You know, most of the time it's fine, but it's just that. So, no, man, I haven't had anything anything really crazy happened, you know, like, or I mean, there, like I said, there are times in walking, you know, go to a, a venue in the middle of the tenderloin. And then when I'm walking to the Uber or walking to the bus or whatever, it's like, Oh, I, I feel very close to something happening, but like, mm-hmm. I've never had anything like, and that's it. Most of those people are just harming themselves more than anything, right. you know, like it, if they do scream at you or whatever, like it they're not gonna actually get violent with you. Like you just ignore it and then just keep on walking and they'll just go away. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel
0: unsafe very, very rarely there. Do you feel more safe here uh, in Baton Rouge or in San Francisco? Depends on what part of Baton Rouge you're talking (laughs) about. Yeah. Um, Do you have a car? Do you all use a car? Do you Mm -hmm. own a car now? Yeah. Two two cars? or No,
1: just one. We we share one. Uh, So, yeah, our first year there, we didn't have a car. And then one of my favorite things about San Francisco, man, is how – so, like, Yosemite is – uh, Yosemite National Parks, three and a half hours away or so. People come from all over the world to see Yosemite. Mm. Big Sur is – you get into Big Sur within like an hour and a half south, you know, wow. and you start seeing this amazingly beautiful stuff. Again, people come from all over the world to see it. Tahoe. Crater Lakes, like seven hours or so. But we were taking like a weekend trip to one of those places or just in the North Bay. Like even before uh, – Napa is amazing, but even before yep. Napa, amazing. Like there's this place called Point Reyes. Um, Drake's Beach is there. Sausalita. like yeah, dude. Been there. Yes, absolutely. Sauce is great, man. You yeah. know, so all these places we were renting a car like every weekend and I was like, Man, a car note would be this much or less, you know, if we didn't have it, we at our apartment we just had street parking, so we're like, we'll have to deal with that. But might as well just get our own and then we just have it for whenever we need it, you know. So mm-hmm. We got a car there, and um, recently sold it, and had a truck. And dude, I can't tell you, I got a truck for lumber, for runs to the lumber yard, metal nice. yard, like which I don't do them that often, but it was, it was limiting because there would be a lot of times where, say, I'm working on a project and it's nine o'clock, and I'm like, oh man, I'm short on lumber or whatever, I can't go to Home Depot and rent their truck because they'll be closed by the time, you know. So it was limiting, and I, you know, I'd been wanting one for a while, so. So I got a truck earlier this year. It's a small truck. I got the Honda Ridgeline. I love it. But I can't tell you how many people have ridden in my truck that this is the first time they've ever been in a pickup truck. <laughs> love it. It's nuts, dude. It kills me every time somebody says nice. that. Yeah. And
0: you're like, yeah, that's the bad news in me. Yes, sir.
1: Dude, every time, so many times when I tell people I have a truck, they start talking in a country accent making fun of me. <laughs> I
0: love it. Do people say you have an accent?
1: Um... I would not, say you not do not. Th- yeah, so not that much, but like I'll probably you'll be able to hear it whenever I go home. Like whenever I'm here, Maddie's dad. Uh, like I said, we're super close, Leonard. you know. And he, dude, he's super country. And I come away anytime I, I talk on the phone with him. I'll, I'll have more of an accent for a day <laughs> after or whatever, you know. Or, yeah. It It would be really funny whenever I was at Uber, a few times. I so one of the green light locations I did was in uh, Nashville. And all the time talking to candidates there. Uh, you know, like it's, so I talk to somebody and then I come off the phone and I go back to my desk and I'm like, what's up, guys? You know, and they're like, oh, what is happening right now? Who are you? Yeah. So it comes and goes, you know. But yeah. uh, but overall, a lot of people are, um, yeah, they're like, oh, I, I I didn't hear an accent or whatever, you know.
0: Right. I have, I have, uh, when we go around and do, like, the nice shows and stuff, mm-hmm. I'll, um, you know, like California or Georgia or whatever, and um, they'll come up and, like, A lot of people... Because we sell South African knives, so yeah. a lot of people are like, you don't sound like you're from South Africa. Where are y'all from? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, we're from Baton Rouge. And literally every person, I want to know if this has happened to you mm-hmm. in, San, in San Fran, <laughs> but literally every person who's not from here, I say Baton Rouge. And every single person's like, Baton Rouge. Oh, what? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And then they're, and I'm like, yep, Baton Rouge, that's mm-hmm. right. Not Bat- Baton Rouge, <laughs> but Baton Rouge, yeah. Uh, and then they always say that I don't sound like I'm from Louisiana. Really? And yeah. I always say thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, dude. Yeah, same. No, people don't say Baton Rouge. Sometimes people will try and say New Orleans, no, it's not, no, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, New Orleans. To Nald- yeah, New Orleans or whatever, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, then they usually are like, huh, I don't hear it. But sometimes I don't know what it is. Dude. I don't know if it's who I'm talking to or... What I'm thinking about or what, but sometimes people will will ask me. I'm hearing a little bit of an accent here. What? Where are you from? Or yeah. whatever you know. But more times than not, they're they're like surprised to hear I'm from here.
0: What's the? I'm just reminded you mentioned this earlier in our convo about the culture uh, culture shock. Mm-hmm. What was the culture shock coming back here mm-hmm. to you?
1: I think. At the time, then, it was a lot of the food stuff. Like I said, whenever we were first there and, you know, my wife was vegan and there are just so many fully vegan restaurants. There are so many, you know, like gluten-free, paleo. I'm not
0: sure how you survive on a vegan diet. (laughs) Uh,
1: She's not anymore. Um, But um, she – so that was one big one. And I think, like – uh, I've heard the N-word like three or four times since I've been here on this last this week. This trip, wow. Yes, okay. and most of them, I don't think any of them were like hateful, you right. know, like, but they were like a joke where it like blew my mind because I have not heard that word in <laughs> so long. I'm sure, you know, like, All right. And so that's one, you know, just... um
0: Interesting. The,
1: so that's a big one. I think just like people... I, I guess people, a lot of times, you know, we'll talk about politics there, but maybe not, maybe the people I know there are, I have very, like, super close friends, sure, but, uh, you know, it's like in settings like our church, our community group, whatever, like, it's still even maybe not the most appropriate thing to, like, always just bring up politics, you know, so, like, Mm -hmm. but I'm here, I'm back with my family, so they're bringing up politics and Mm -hmm. stuff, and so, and they have this, like, Maybe not even, like, family, close friends will have this, like, incredibly close-minded outlook on something, and it just kind of shocks me sometimes, you know, like, that that kind of stuff. I think those are probably the main things, and then, like, the number of like dentist offices and I feel like 40% of the businesses in Central are dentist offices they, yeah. like or, or like you know it's like stuff like that is like just what is here you yeah, know yeah. And, and Baton Rouge has a, a ton of stuff and you know cool businesses whatever but that's another one that's kind of crazy is like how do you
0: how do you live in central like there's like nothing here you know like dude it, i do not want to yeah if my dad's listening we, we well yeah we, i hate central <laughs> i do not i don't live love central. it either central is nothing nothing great for sure yeah uh so what do you have planned for uh 2020 like any big trips or anything no um just grinding out just the, grinding the dude. school
1: that's one thing i had a few like A few people come visit one trip home during the semester, and none of them, I only missed for all of that, I only missed one class. But just school is so, this semester was so intense that like I had class Monday, one on Tuesday, and one on Thursday. And so on the thursday class was our semester started on thursday for some reason so the thursday class i always view that as like the start of the week but like so from thursday to monday i'm working on that class the thursday class okay and then or i guess that semester went on that i'm working on my monday class and then all day monday i was working on my tuesday class and then from tuesday to thursday i'm working on my thursday class and like literally do that's all i do like Hmm. would go to school go to church have we have a community group at our house um that we that we host and um, Do that two, three hours once a week, you know, like, and then do school. That's it. So during the semester, we had trips where I would leave Thursday after class, get back mon- uh, Sunday night before the Monday class. Didn't miss any, but we'd get behind on homework. And, like, I was working that hard just to keep up Dang. and, like, produce work that I was Happy okay, to, with, if okay uh, with on a good day, you know, that I'm like, ah, this will do, you know, on a good <laughs> yeah. day. And so then taking three days back here, you know, not being able to do that or having people come in and I'm missing assignment, whatever, like just put me so far behind. So like this semester, I'm being like so guarded about not doing anything Mm -hmm. during the semester. We are about to get a puppy. Wow. Uh, So that's something. Why would you do that? Dude. I, all right. So we wanted a dog for a while. Okay. We, um, I'm I'm not anti dog. I'm mm -hmm. just anti owning a dog. So it sounds like you're pretty much anti dog. Like you don't want you don't want all dogs to die. You're not like dog Hitler. Like you no, you don't not want all dog dogs Hitler. to die. No. But you just have. But I don't think a dogs go
0: to heaven. Okay, I, I don't bl- think uh, yeah. dogs are worth. Oh, by the way, Carl's sitting here with us, our producer. He just got a dog. Oh yeah. And I was like, why did you? Why did you do that? Like, why dude, did you we'll get have to exchange dog? puppy pics later. <laughs> 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 I love my dog. Uh, he, he loves it, dude. He posts pictures. Uh, uh, He posts as many pictures of his dog as, like, my other friends do about their kids. So. Uh, that's uh, kind of the plan. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do a dog Instagram account, though.
1: I think. Do you have one? Okay, yeah, all right. I'm not going to do a dog Instagram account, <laughs> but I don't want to trash it
0: too much if you do have I'm one. I'm glad we could convince
1: yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't know my wife's view on that, though, because I, I follow a lot of dog Instagram accounts now. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. Oh, gosh.
1: And so... But I was like, so I like them, but I was like, I, babe, I don't think I can do it. I don't. And she was like, yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> All right. Nice. nice. You know, but um, but we've been one one for a while. We can have one in our place. I went to a friend's house and they had a super cute uh, like golden doodle or something, you know, and is that what you have? All right. Nice. Um, and I was just on. like, oh. I am getting a dog for now, for sure. I was like, where's your breeder? You know, like we are getting a, a sheep dog poodle mix it's called okay. a sheep-a-doodle. It's sheep-a-doodle. Like a, yeah, it's like a black and white golden doodle, basically. Okay. Um But, uh, yeah, so after seeing that dog and doing, you know, and like we have space for it now, we even have like a tiny yard.
0: That's like legit. You have a yard? Wow. Yeah, dude, it's like legit. Nice.
1: Maybe twice the size of this room. Like okay. Like as wide, you Not know, like bad. as long as just like wide. That's
0: probably like... I, th- I would say maybe three weeks and that yard will be full of poop. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure. Another reason not to get a dog, especially in San Fran, in my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of <laughs> its poop
1: is going to be on the street, which i have to pick up. <laughs> of course. Which was a huge hurdle for me. I was like... I'm not a prideful person, but I was like, I am way too prideful <laughs> to, in the street, in front of people, bend over and pick up another creature's <laughs> poop. I cannot get over this. I guess this. I'm too prideful. But I'm there now, dude. I don't care. <laughs> that, like, dude, I am so You're making so the sacrifice. Stuck. Yeah, dude. I, I surprised my wife with it a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, and it was amazing. She was, It was great. But uh, we're getting her, like, I don't know, a couple, like a week or so whatever, nice. after we get home. but cool so i'll probably i've been like hard youtube hardcore researching dog training and i might take it to like a little school or something but that's i'm assuming uh, outside of school that'll be like the other thing that takes up
0: a ton of my time. Mm-hmm. Is, oh, it will is yeah. dog, dog, and training. it is totally not worth it, dude. I will say I did get a
1: <laughs> I, I got a rip cord. So if I, I talked to my sister, she recently got married in October, and they have a dog, and mm-hmm. uh, they love they love dogs, whatever. And I told her I was like, hey, if we get this dog and it's just terrible, and we I hate having a dog in San Francisco, can I bring it to you and you take it? She was like, yep. So
0: and they're here. Yeah, they're here. So just the next trip home, I would just bring it. It would probably be cheaper to like just. Take it to the vet and put it down, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you know, PETA puts down, like, Oh yeah, way more dogs than any oh, other yeah. shelter. Like oh, I'm aware. I was gonna ask if you were the PETA of of that. Like yeah, I, I don't know. It's a crazy thing. But what? I, I almost so just like they putting them down. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you made that joke yeah, yeah. at first, whatever. I almost commented that on your uh, your Instagram post the other day where you killed a deer. Hashtag PETA. Or yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like at I, PETA. I was like, I don't want to get attacked. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I hear they're pretty vicious. The PETA advocates. Yeah, they kids. don't care about me. They don't care about me. No, you didn't get anything for it. No. I, I also imagine... have another
0: post holding a giraffe leg when uh-huh. I was in South Africa. Oh yeah, and tagged them. Uh-huh. And but no, they don't care. They don't really care. I would imagine
1: they have people that just
0: like search for hashtag peta and just Probably. attack people. I mean, if I was like famous, I'm sure that they yeah, would, yeah, 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 they would yeah. like hate on me. But mm-hmm. I'm nobody, so yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and school, um, dog the in first, school. Yeah, dog in school. The first month of the year, like I said, because I don't start until February. Or like school doesn't start back till February, nice. so ton of workshop projects, <clears throat> some stuff around the house, mainly just training that dog, training and then the dog. try not to fail uh, out of school. That'd be good. Yeah. Did you do good first semester, dude? I'm still waiting on two grades. I okay, heard that. One of them I feel great about. I feel like fine about. Like I'm gonna pass. The other one is a class I'm not sure if I. Right. Yeah, I what mean was I the th- class thi- drawing, which is uh, I'm terrible okay. at drawing. It's but I I struggled in that class all semester and i think i'll be fine but i don't know man i don't know i'm stressing is That's it sh- like
0: is it like technical drawing and stuff like
1: yeah it's perspective drawing so uh, industrial okay. design drawing is is not to be like an artist like it's right it's just being able to communicate accurately you know so you don't have to be amazing but that, i think the class is designed poorly but of course i do because i'm <laughs> being just bitter about it or whatever you know but like it's um. Yeah, that's all it is—is is being able to to draw things in this in space. You know, this one's in front of that one. Mm-hmm. This is the size and proportions and stuff. So, how it's much
0: like... of your coursework is on computer versus on paper?
1: So far, I, dude, I bought a new laptop before because my laptop—I've just been using the laptop I Uber gave me. You know, for the last four years or whatever. And um, so I, I bought a new laptop. It was all whatever. And I've used my laptop like four times this semester. Really, but. This coming semester, let's see, I have Drawing 2, um, Materials and Processes, which is basically a class in, in like, plastics and manufacturing, and then a design project. I'll probably use it in design projects some, but then the third semester is when I start to get into digital design and 3D modeling and stuff like that. So, first two, last semester and next, like, very, very little, but at the last, probably third and fourth semester will be a lot of digital work mm. so.
0: um all right i want to keep you forever but i want to go back this might be like we were talking about dogs and and like stuff but yeah go a little deep because i mm-hmm. didn't ask you earlier but you uh, so like move into a, a whole different city without anybody which i i guess i played it up a little bit because you said it was kind of it was easier for you to do mm-hmm. but yeah. you're married to somebody who is half of half of you mm-hmm. and it was really tough for her um and then working at a job that you were terrible, quote unquote terrible at, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you weren't terrible, but quote unquote terrible at for a year. Uh, What's like, why didn't, I mean, why didn't you pull the rip cord and like, and come back after, after all the tough stuff? So
1: her job is great. Um, She is such a badass and just like does so well. And, you know, so that's one thing that's huge. Even, even in her first year, she wasn't doing as well as she is now, but still like, it was great. Um, we are at a different church than we started at. Uh, whenever we went, whenever we moved there, but we we love the church that we're at now. Um, it's not perfect, you know, but um, we have a great community with that. Um, and I think because of the opportunity is another huge
0: thing. Just um, that, like being yeah. in San Francisco, the general mm-hmm. opportunity.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, the opportunity and like okay, so I'm not loving this <clears throat> job. Um, It's paying my bills. I'm not getting screamed at or anything. It's not crazy, you know I mean? Like, I still have great relationships with my coworkers and whatever. Um, And kind of like the, you know, when I was in my first year, I after like two or three months, I was looking for a job like constantly, you know, and I just like never found one, which was great because it ended up leading to another Mm -hmm. where I am today, essentially, you know. Um, But, and then whenever I was at, I don't know what I would do back here. You know, I mean, I could be Mm -hmm. a recruiter, I guess, but like, you know, I definitely don't want to do that now. And I guess she could do sales is pretty transferable, but she's also doing a pretty specific, you know, ad sales at Twitter, which is like how many companies here? Like, I, I mean, I think she's so capable and smart and amazing at all that stuff. Like I think she could go and to any job that sells things and like just crush it, run it, dude, you know, like in within a, a week, like she could figure it out and like, she just learned so quickly, but there's no one doing it. Like, She doesn't want to do that. You know, she doesn't want to learn a different industry and then do whatever, you know. So, like, I guess that's one is, like, what will we do when we came back? If we feel that it's the right thing to do, like, we feel like we're getting to a point where we're going to come back, we'll figure it out. Like, it's definitely possible. But I think that it was always... It was easier to say, like, well, I'll find another tech job here or I'll find, you know, like, instead of I'm just going to go back and do – because if I move back, like I said, I I mean, maybe when I was a coordinator, I could have come here and looked for recruiter jobs, like full cycle recruiter jobs, but – I would just, like, go back to the genius bar, I guess. Like, I don't know what I would do, you know? And so that's another thing is there are so many jobs. And, dude, I probably – I would be shocked if there were any even, like, recruiter coordinator positions in Baton Rouge, Mm -hmm. you know, like – which I don't want to do that, but that's just an example of, like, there are so many more
0: types of jobs out there and just – so much opportunity. Right. Um, so you think that's the pool you're probably going to be, uh, dipping out of when you graduate also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially with design, dude, it's, I mean, New York probably has, New York is bigger, has more opportunity probably, but not much more, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, and in, there are so many design firms like some of the best in the world are there, you know, and, and like I said, all the tech companies, and everything. So it was just, that's, I think kind of the main reason. And if maybe we didn't have our church community and great friends and it, it's a very, it's a very transient city. People are, there are very few friends that we still, that we have that still live there from whenever we first moved there, Mm -hmm. like very few, like five or less. Um, it's, not uncommon for you to be friends with someone for a year and a half, two years and they move, you know? Mm. So that's one thing that's kind of a bummer, but, and it's hard to build, it was hard to remember how long the relationships that you have now and your best friends that you have now took to build those relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, all your best friends are like people you went to like, I mean, have been with for, you know, for so long and most of my life. Yeah, dude. And so, you know, with your church and stuff like that, like, so I think that's one thing that, I just had to keep reminding us because it gets discouraging. It's like, yeah, people are super nice out here and cool and whatever, you know, but like there's nothing like being able to just go to your friend's house, chill and like fall asleep on their couch while y'all are watching videos on YouTube or whatever, you know, like, and that takes a while to build that like casual Mm -hmm. family type friendship, you know, but we're building it. And, um, and I, I think if we didn't have that, then we'd maybe have been looking to come back sooner, but that's a huge reason mm-hmm. is is the opportunity. And then also because we still do have those friendships, which, dude, every time we come back, we have a handful of friends that are, are still our lifelong friends. You right. Know? Right. Um, but yeah.
0: What's um? all right. Leave me with one thing here. What is uh, the biggest? I don't, don't want to say like biggest lesson you've learned, but like what's the biggest uh, nugget that you've taken away to uh, that you would give somebody on how to keep a marriage strong Mm -hmm. in like all the adversity that you've told me about? Yeah. Um, I think one is like expect that it's going
1: to take a lot of active work. You know, like it's a thing where, I mean, we dated for seven years before we got married and that sure took a lot of active work, but you kind of go back and be separate. And you know, at the end of the day, um, we weren't living together. So, um, I think the thing, like what I strive for and we strive to do is at the end of the day, no matter how mad we get at each other, whatever, like my goal is to want her to be successful over myself more than I want myself to be successful. Now I, I probably do that, you know, 50% of the time on a good day, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard, man. It's hard to be that selfless, like that brutally, truly selfless, I think is the key to it, you know, and wanting better for them than yourself. And And being able to, I think figuring your communication styles out is another Mm -hmm. thing that is, we're like, I think have like, I don't know. I mean, we've been married for five years, but in the last like year or two have been like really working hard on the communication styles. I want to talk through, I process externally. So I want to talk through it Mm -hmm. until we figure it out. And sure, I'll probably say some things that I don't mean. I never get like ruthless you know like but like i'll maybe say some things i don't mean or say some emotional things or whatever but like i do a good job at like imagine like a like a uh like a bell curve or whatever you Mm -hmm. know like but where i'll get up there i'll get super mad i'm yelling i'm angry i'm saying stuff i don't mean and then like i'm i'm like processing it out loud and being like wait wait i don't mean that i actually want you you know and then like as and i'm like still sometimes like yelling and saying and then like still in yelling mood or mode but then I'm, like, taking it back to, like, wait, I'm just sorry, okay? Like, and then like you know, like – and and she is more an internal processor. So mm-hmm. she wants to – we talk about it and she's, like, hey, I don't feel like this is going in a good direction. Why don't we come back to this? And, you know, like – and it's, like, it's hard finding that. Like, what do right. we – you know, yeah. like, how yeah. do we do something that honors both of us? Because we either stay and talk about it or we don't. And so, like, we're going to do something that's not great for one of us, you know, and just, like – kind of like I feel like it sounds kind of lame but like kind of like planning that or like having like um we would always have these at Uber I don't know if this is like a um like standard term or not, but like a post-mortem, like after we got in a fight, Mm -hmm. we've made up, we figured it out. Let's come back. Like what went on there? And then like just talking through it and figuring it out and saying like, how can we prevent this next time? And coming up with a plan of when I'm feeling emotional and not rational, what's a sign I can give or look for or whatever, you know, like, and just that, like just staying in constant communication, I think is the, and being super honest is another thing that like, is so huge. So Mm. super honest, like very, very honest, like working, like wanting better for them than Mm. yourself and, uh, yeah, just communicating and
0: and wanting, wanting that. Sweet. Dude, three, three tips for the price of one. (laughs) Nice. Dude, Luke, thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, shout out again to Maddie. Thanks for giving up Luke for a couple hours. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming by, dude. Glad that you gave me a little bit of your trip. Glad you made the trip all the way from San Fran just to be on my podcast. 100% dude. (laughs) Just
1: for this bro. Just
0: kidding. Anyways, thanks again dude. Thanks for doing it. Yeah dude, it's a ton of fun. Thanks for having me bro. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of my podcast, The Chase Doesn't Know Podcast. Huge thanks again to Luke for flying all the way in from San Fran just to be on my podcast. Not really. But thanks for giving up some of your Christmas vacation to chat. I really enjoyed talking with you. Me and Carl are sitting right now in the studio talking about how great and how much fun that conversation was. So thanks again, Luke. If you want to follow Luke on Instagram and see the stuff that he makes, see those epic drone videos that we talked about, uh, like he said, his handle is at Luke Zito, And if you can't spell that, you don't deserve to follow him. Thanks again to our sponsor for this episode, PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals. And what's more ethical than putting down a dog that you don't want and killing a deer that you eat with your family.